Captain's Log, Star Daytona 500.NASCAR. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Street Shark Borg Pat. <laughs> These are the voyages of the starship USS Pomplemousse LaCroix, our ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to, to boldly go where all matadors get gored! Let's get Bacardi! Let's get Bacardi here! 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 Everybody! Everyone! Joy Trek, here we come! Welcome to the branch at Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies, derogatory, ask <laughs> themselves, why is there nobody named Adolf in Star Trek? Mm, that's a good question. Great question. It's a name you don't see a lot anymore. I mean, you see Dolph every now and again. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that's got to be an Adolf, right? Yeah. That is the worst thing about Hitler. You know, he ruined the name ru- Adolf. Ruined a great name. And he ruined that little mustache look for everyone. No one can ever have that little mustache look I, ever I know, again. right? Although I feel like Dolph Lundgren kind of brought back Dolph. Is oh, that that's like true, Because yeah. everyone loves, loves Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, he's um, he's amazing. I mean, he's, yeah, he's just incredible. Like, like find one person who's like, I don't, I don't like him. What's not to like about him? Like, unless you're like, yeah, he's a symbol of like, uh, to like white power people because he is like a perfect human specimen. That's true. But, you know, there's black people who are also perfect human specimens. Yeah. You know, for, you know, for, for every Dolph Lundgren, you got a, uh, you know, a, like a, I, Idris Elba, or you yeah. got a, 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 a fucking um, a, a basketball guy. <laughs> I like <laughs> I to think, think all people name. are perfect human specimens in their own way. Um, I mean, that, that's wrong, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there's at least two races that are all dog shit. Yeah, Italians, the Italians, <laughs> and uh, Sicilian. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, anyway, today we are going to be uh, watching and reviewing Star Trek: Prodigy season one, episode twelve. Let sleeping Borg lie. Mm. But first, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of Trek, and what's going on in the world outside. It's time for some motherfucking Trek news. Yeah. Motherfucking Trek news. Yeah. We got Trek news for you. News you can use to wash away your blues. We got Trek news for you. What the fuck you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do? This week it was revealed in an interview Kate, with Kate Milgrew, uh, she that she would be willing to come back to some live action Star Trek, which she has said before, but she finally set her terms mm. for uh, what would have to happen if she comes back. Yeah, what does she need? Uh, according to an article in Giant Freaking Robot, uh, Star Trek legend Kate Milgrew recently revealed that in order for her to reprise the role of Catherine, uh, Captain Catherine Janeway or Admiral Janeway in a live action series, she uh, would require that writing was <coughs> tenuous. And taught, according to her. Mm. <laughs> she probably doesn't want to be roped into uh, another Picard type mm. show. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like. So uh, Milgrew was attending a, attending a fan Q&A in Bloomington, Indiana, and told the crowd that Star Trek producer Alex Kurtman had hinted at the idea of the captain to come back to the franchise in a live action capacity. However, she was also very clear 
that the cost of Star Trek getting Janeway back in person would require some, quote, high-level storytelling. Uh, here's what Milgrew had to say about Star Trek plans for Captain Janeway. Quote, the writing is going to have to be absolutely exquisite and as tight. I mean, so tight. Ooh. I want that language to just burst. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want the so story. We're going to expect another uh, lizard sex scene. Yeah, right. And I, <laughs> and I want the story to be so tenuous and taut. She is like sexing this up. She, like, horn, she horny horny. Yeah, this this sounds like fucking like some horny fanfic right here. I mm-hmm. said, no languishing. I don't want peaks and valleys. I want a Janeway that everybody can say, that's what she's become. I'm with her. Uh, this is great. Mm. End quote. What would you think like a Janeway show would look like? Um, I mean, what a Janeway show would look like or should look like? Like, I think I have a similar vision to her of what it should be. Mm. Um. Honestly, like a Janeway show, obviously, you know, they, they can't make her an action star, right? No. I mean, she's she's kind of older I, enough. There. I mean, Picard shouldn't be a she action shouldn't. show. And so it should be something more about intrigue, you know? And yeah. I'm thinking like some. Like a political drama. Like, yeah, some kind of political drama. You know, she's now an admiral, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or and, possibly retired by this or, point. Or retired. And so yeah. like maybe like an influence peddler of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously she's, she's back on earth. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things they dealt with in the Delta Quadrant that might have some kind of fallout. Oh, yeah, and then right? and now it's seemingly easy to return and come back. So mm-hmm. she could go out there and, and see how like uh like uh some of the planets have changed since they've since uh being in uh coming in contact with Voyager. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly maybe the best thing they could do with it is actually put it after Picard. So mm-hmm. they actually have some room to breathe. Yeah. Because all of the current series are congested except for strange new worlds and discovery are kind of in the past, but everything else is congested in these exact same time period mm-hmm. of roughly, um, uh, 23, uh, 80 to, you know, 2400 basically. Mm-hmm. And so there's like that 20 year time span there, which is great. Uh, but they already, you know, they had three shows in the 2360s slash 2370s, and that that was fine, but mm-hmm. like any more would be like way over congesting it. I think yeah. so. I really think you know either definitely don't go into the way future with it. Uh, they obviously can't because yeah. you know unless they make her positronic or something mm-hmm. dog shit like they did with fucking. I hope not. <laughs> no God, yeah. they, <clears throat> I can see them probably trying to fix a lot of the problems that Picard had and maybe do what Picard should have been, which is should have mm-hmm. focused on him being an ambassador. Right. And, and, and so, yeah. And so she's dealing with like more political intrigue and she's mm-hmm. dealing with like fallout from certain things and mm-hmm. she's trying to juggle a lot of different balls. Yeah. And with juggling a lot of different balls, you can introduce a lot of characters. You can bring back a lot of characters. Neelix. I would love them more than anything to bring Robert Picardo back. And they oh, could yeah, in so many, in so many ways. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, she could choose to just have, you know, uh, him be, like her assistant, like the EMH assistant or something mm-hmm. like that. And so he travels with her everywhere and he's just sassy and shit. Um, I mean, they could do so much with it. Uh, what, what, what do you think they should do with the, the I mean, yeah, about that. Yeah. Along those lines. Yeah. Just have like, she could visit, uh, see how the Kazon, you know, are doing and that'd be, like, that, um, yeah. That, that, Cause the Kazon are like pretty much the first people they encountered in the mm-hmm. Delta Quadrant, right? They were, mm-hmm. that was all pretty much season one. And so there's a lot of stuff they could deal with there. Um, but especially now that it's established, they have like faster warp drives, like the protostar, yeah. like 
she could go back to the Delta Quadrant and deal with like the fallout or like basically second contacting a lot of these places, yeah. which would be interesting to see them basically do like Voyager in reverse. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And like, that, uh, and also like, uh, depending on how prodigy pans out, you know, the, like the theory that doll is like, you know, her lizard son. That's like, your theory, that, which is a great I think theory. It's, I think it's, a, I think which it's is like, a great theory. Yeah. I love the theory. Um, and, but and, uh, like it, and like if that, if that, if prodigy comes to uh, completion reveals that like they could introduce a live action doll and he could, um, uh, that's an they, interesting idea. They could be paired together and go, yeah, go, go there together, have an adventure. Live action doll. I actually didn't even think about that, but yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. it'd be difficult to do like the makeup and stuff, but I mean, they could yeah. do, just do motion capture. Yeah, you know, yeah, just like yeah, just something that would probably solve the solve the ish- problems that Picard had. Just have a uh, yeah political and emotional drama that's takes place out in space, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, like Janeway could yeah be admiral or retired and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like doing uh doing the Lord's work out in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, along with that, um, you know, uh, Paramount has also mentioned several other shows that they have in the works at this point that they've more than hinted at because they only mm-hmm. just hinted at the the uh, Janeway thing. So that might be way on the back burner, but you know that'd like bring a lot of classic fans back to it. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe even fans that like Picard lost because. Picard sucked. And if, yeah. if they did something good with a Janeway franchise, it could really be awesome. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's a, she's an interesting character, you know, and you know. she did, she did do a lot of a uh, very epic shit down in the Delta quadrant, you know, right. and see but, how the ramifications but, happened from, you know, you know, her defeating the Borg and mm-hmm. all that stuff. True. But I mean, even preceding this, we still have a section 31 show that they have announced yeah. a Starfleet kind of Academy show that they've announced <clears throat> a, a rumored, um, uh, what do you call it? A Sulu show mm-hmm. that might actually be one of those shows. We're not quite sure. Yeah. Um, and then they actually recently apparently announced a horror, the- horror themed Star Trek show mm. in the vein of the alien franchise. Okay. Which could be cool. I mean, cause you know, the, yeah, I mean that, uh, the strange new worlds episode that yeah, dealt with the, the Gorn was uh-huh. very alien inspired. Yeah, and, and it was good. I yeah, liked it. It yeah. was good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things they could do with it. Um, what what shouldn't they do with it? Uh, I would not. Well, for one, I would not like a Section 31 show that shows them at, that depicts like the CIA. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, um, I'm, I'm talking about the Janeway show. Oh, the Janeway the show. Janeway oh, show. I'm sorry. Which first, we can talk about that after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What, um, what shouldn't they do with the Janeway show? We talked about what they should. Uh, of course, you know, make her into an action star. Like have yeah. her like. Uh, you know, swinging from the rafters, mm-hmm. dual wielding, you know. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, blasters. the worst thing they could do is either make it a pure action show or a pure drama show. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know what she, what kind of role she would be so good at is, mm. uh, do you watch The Expanse at all? Yeah. The president on there. Yeah. Yeah. The president on there is awesome. She's mm-hmm. a baddie and yeah. she's just like, just a, a, a strong female presence mm-hmm. who is like, always oh, super resolute, but is always dealing with all kinds of intrigue and just juggling so many things. Mm-hmm. And like Kate Milgrew would fuck in that role specifically yeah. too. Like she could become a representative to for Starfleet and the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. A hundred percent. That would be a cool thing. It would be real. Yeah. There's so much cool stuff. And yeah. So more than anything. Yeah. Like her is an ambassador would probably make the most sense. Yeah. She, she should not be a captain again. That doesn't no. make any sense. And she's like, obviously aged out of it too. Like she's yeah. like a, a 60. Oh yeah. I mean, woman. yeah, she would definitely be Admiral retired. That's, that's yeah. the best thing for her. Like, yeah. Like yeah, I can see that as like one of her, like, um, 
like a proposal that she does as an admiral, you know, and just try to connect, you know, and um, expand expand the reach of Starfleet, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and possibly like you know, right some wrongs that that happened out in the Delta Quadrant, you know, that she wants to go back and fix. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they should bring Neelix back? Absolutely. I love Neelix. <laughs> He's a fun character. Like I, I definitely I hated him when I was a kid when I first yeah. watched Voyager. Yeah. And then but like rewatching the series, I did the whole rewatch and I was just mm-hmm. like, you know what? He grew on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like an anal anal sore. <laughs> no, he, he's endearing. Like he's very he's also he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think more than anything, he just bothers me with the lack of like understanding of boundaries. Yeah, and also the three year old girlfriend. Really yeah, that, never... that's weird. <laughs> yeah, they, they could beat the Ocampa, see what they're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. By that point, there would have been like how many generations of Ocampo? Millions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like they're just they just evolve into a new species at that point. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the same thing anymore. Yeah. Well, I guess it's only been what thirty years, so yeah, three generations. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it has. Yeah, I mean, it, but that's the thing is they could set it basically at any time because oh, yeah. you know in canon. I want to say uh, Picard at this point is what, like 80 years old or something like that? I think he's closer, yeah, closer or to 100. 90 or, yeah, so he's like older than he is in real life. And yeah. so they could make Kate Milgrew basically any age. Mm-hmm. Like she's in her 60s, and so they could say she's in her 80s, 90s, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, Starfleet and, uh, uh, people in the Starfleet live have longer lives. Yeah, because they have social socialized medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yep. That's they don't, how, they don't have Cuban embargoes that prevent them from uh, getting a, a lung cancer mm-hmm. vaccine. No. And that's how Picard, you know, keeps it rock hard oh, at 100 yeah. years old. Dick hard. Yeah. yeah. Captain, Captain Dick, Dick hard. hard. Hell yeah. yeah. Admiral Dick hard. But of course, like, he also does have a robot dick, so. The, he does have a positronic it, it So can, he is it fully can probably, functional. It can probably spin. <laughs> here's, 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 here's the thing, though. So. They said that like uh, his body will like naturally die like when it was supposed to. So, do you think like uh, he's still physiologically like um, you know like do you think he can get like ED and stuff like that? I mean, I'm guessing so. I mean, that at that point it has to be just psychological. That's I mean, but it's a positronic brain, so he yeah. should know that he's fully functional and uh, not programmed in multiple techniques. Yeah, that that was such a such a waste. <laughs> that, that'd be great if he was, he was like about to get with Yaris. He's like, by the way, I'm fully functional, <laughs> but not programmed and shit. And then he's just like, so do I. And then he just like tries to stick his whole hand in it. And she's like, no, stop. <laughs> stop. No. Ow. Oh, no. You don't punch. Don't. It's so funny that he got a positronic body, but with none of the benefits. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but it's like, except he is more resilient. I mean, he was hit by a car. Right. But right. like, and he sort of walked away from that, you know? So. Yeah. Like soon is like, Hey, uh, we couldn't find uh, a, a blank body wrinkly enough. So we, uh, <laughs> we left it in the sun for two weeks. <laughs> so you're kind of raisiny, but you know, yeah, it's fine. You can work with it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you were saying about section 31, what they shouldn't do with that. Oh, just have a show, any uh, you know, depicting them as good guys of any kind or as cool. I think they just shouldn't have a show depicting them. Exactly. Like I think- they're 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 a good secret. 
And that's the point is there should be a secret. Like maybe they should show up every now and again and they're doing something weird and duplicitous or something. But like, Mm. you know, a magician never shows his tricks. You don't, you don't want to see how the sausage is made necessarily. Oh, also I had a, I had a thought. I've had lots of thoughts. You're Um, talking T-H-O-T, that hoe over there. Hey, (laughs) Hey, what's up? No, about lower decks. Like I was like thinking about like the section 31, uh, you know, in the Boimler uh, transporter clone. Yeah, Will Boimler. I think, uh, I think he, Will Boimler is actually a, um, a double agent. I think he's working for Riker and infiltrating 31 to take it down. Interesting. Yeah. I just thought of that the other day. Yeah. Do you want, do you want something even heavier? Hmm. Uh, Somewhere before the Boimlers switched places, and yes, he's a double agent, but because he's Bradward Boimler, and William Boimler is taking Bradward's place on the Cerritos, mm. and has been for some time. Oh. So you think it's Bradward Boimler that's actually Will Boimler? Correct. Okay. I like that. Mm. It's a little switcheroo for you. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like, I you thought know. thought about that when I was masturbating the other day. <laughs> And I'm like, that can't make me come. Next no, thought. Next thought. No, cycle through. Uh, uh, Raincoats. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh God. Yo. Flasher at the ball. 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark movie of the week. Why? <laughs> it's always something weird, you know? Yeah. Like the older you get, the more you just like come to stuff you would have never expected, you yeah. know? Like when I was young, it was something very specific. I'm like, I want to see uh, the girl doing this in porn and <laughs> the guy doing this. And he comes on her face just like that. And that's what makes me come. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm looking at like lumber prices. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. You know, Jake the Snake talks about that in the Jake the Snake documentary where he's talking about like, you know, it had to be one girl and then it had to be two girls. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just like it has to keep upping the game into the point where it just like it takes some extreme stuff just to get off. Well, that's the thing is like, well, that so you can look at it that way. But that's a, if you're looking at things too literally. Yeah. I look at it where like, you know, you read enough books that you get to the point where like you're like, I get novels. I need to read something postmodern, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's how I got with sex. You know, yeah, yeah. I just like fucked a bunch of people and I'm like, OK, that was cool. Like. I've lost count of how many people I fucked a long time ago. And that's, that's a neat thing. And I'm good at sex, but like, you know, now you're looking at pudding cups in very different ways. There you go. And like the old pudding, do you remember a Costco when they used to have the three pack with the the, the caramel, the, uh, the chocolate and the vanilla pudding? Oh yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Those old, old style pudding cups. Yeah. Like those, Mm. those make me come (laughs) like that, that, that tickles my prostate, baby. No, Um, could have the pudding need it too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, make my, my, my own pudding, my own population pudding, if you know what I mean. But high five, population pudding. Nope, no high five. Okay, well, I mean, you probably shouldn't have done it with that hand anyway. No, no. It's full of population pudding. It is. <laughs> it's just covered in it. I like to peel it off. <laughs> yeah, it's like a face mask yeah. for your hand. You know, it's, exfoliates. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exfoliating. <laughs> Triple exfoliating. Hey, what's up? Hey, we got him. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, all the Star Trek news I have for this episode. Listen to our episode later in the week for more Star Trek news. Wowie zowie. Moving on in real news this week. Guess what week it is? Hmm. It's election week in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Get out there and vote, maybe. I don't maybe. know. Depends. If you want. Uh, we're not going to tell you how to vote, but if you do vote and you vote 
for Republicans, <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. And if you blindly vote down ballot for Democrats, you're also likely <laughs> a fucking idiot. Unless you're living in a deep, deep Republican area, in which I kind of understand that. But yeah, um, yeah. There's a uh, you know Democrats they suck. Yeah. Republicans suck even more, yeah. which is crazy because like Democrats are like they're turning into like a, a right wing corporatist party. I know they've been a right wing yeah. corporatist party for a while, mm-hmm. but you know they're like it's it's, it's insane to me. It's absolutely insane to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, they wanted to take all the, you know, the variables out mm-hmm. of, uh, the choice out of, out of, a right. Like the, the Democrats are kind of the same corporatist party they were 20 years ago, yeah. except now, especially because of like Ukraine and Syria and a couple other things, they're like incredibly pro war. Yes. Like uh, even more pro war than they were when Bush was in office, which is mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. Like at least like you at least had that, like, um, you know, that element yeah, you know, the Bernies and a couple yeah. other people in the Senate and whatever that were like always completely anti war against Bush, but Yeah, there's you know, no anti war party. No, no. In this country. No, no, not anymore. <laughs> and not really any anti <clears throat> anti war movement either. So it's just like No, no. Yeah. I mean and that and that's and we have moved away from just like, like you'll you'll literally get shamed now for being anti war. Like you say yeah. like we shouldn't be fighting a proxy war in Ukraine. People will be like, you don't stand with Ukraine. I'm like, yeah. did you listen to the words that just mm-hmm. came out of my mouth? Because I didn't say <laughs> I don't stand with Ukraine. I think, I mean, we should do everything we can to help the Ukrainian people mm-hmm. short of giving them weapons. Yeah. Like, and plus bl- because we're blindly giving them weapons. Yeah. And we're giving weapons to some pretty, pretty bad or questionable people. Yeah. And stuff like that. And like, yeah, we just, we, yeah, we, yeah, feed them to Israel. And- yeah, but the problem is, I mean, it's it's a PR problem, though. They yeah. know if we send American troops, that's going to be a problem because people will be saying, you know, this is another Iraq. We're in a place mm-hmm. we shouldn't belong. Even if we send the UN, it's going to be the, that exact same problem, and that's going to aggravate the war and make Russia maybe start attacking UN targets, which then causes World War Three. Yeah. And so, like, what do you do? Yeah. Right. And and then, yeah, I mean, as nor- as citizens, like we're ba- basically useless. We're completely fucking powerless. Yeah, completely fucking powerless. Like no matter. And then you know, it's like, what are you gonna do? Vote for a third party? Throw your vote away. It's like because you know, like it's no, and and that's the thing is like they're like throwing your vote, uh, giving your vote to a third party is throwing your vote away. I'm like giving my vote to any party. It's throwing your vote away. It's throwing my vote <laughs> yeah. away. Because, I know, yeah. I like, mean, nobody represents my interests that yeah. can reasonably get elected to office. Yeah. I mean, I vote third. Like, uh, I don't think I'm getting the, since I moved, I don't think I'm getting the ballot this time. But yeah, I just always fight vote third party. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, uh, national elections, yes. Uh, local yeah. elections, though, you can actually, I, I actually have some of the, I've some written about this. So, yeah. although voting on a national scale is really just choosing which corporate interest you'd like the government to subsidize, uh, you can actually make a real difference by voting in local elections. There are some real good people doing actual work and mutual aid and fucking material praxis out there that should be empowered in a seat of government. And I urge you to find your voting guide. Go online. Uh, or hopefully they sent you a voting guide wherever you live and mm-hmm. research your local politics and see if there's anybody worth a fucking damn voting for. Cause yeah. there are those people out there. They're, oh, yeah. they're just like, you know, uh, in, you know, not e- either of our cities, but in Seattle, yeah. Shama Sawan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, amazing. She wasn't in, uh, when I lived in Seattle, she wasn't in my 
district, I think. Uh, she was for me once. Yeah. Uh, but I was actually registered elsewhere, so I didn't get to vote for her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, she's she's uh, super wonderful. Um, one of the real only elected socialists mm-hmm. anywhere. And she like very, very much sticks to her principles. So much so that she donates half of her wages, which is like $160,000 a year. They mm-hmm. like pay her a ton of money, but she gives half of her wages to charity. Yeah, and 160000 in Seattle doesn't go there very far anymore. Yeah, yeah. But her, hus- her hub- husband's like an accountant, and they, mm-hmm. they, do, they do just fine for yeah. themselves. But yeah. Um, yeah. So keep in mind that politicians should be earning your vote. Yes. And this is something that America has lost track of entirely. Yeah, I mean, there, it's it's more of like you're being coerced into voting right, for, right. Uh, for certain parties. And it's just right. like, well, if you don't, you're kind of just – shamed but it's just like that's it is, is you get shamed because like i before i vote for someone i want to know what policy they have that materially ameliorates or fixes some kind of problem for me mm-hmm. on a societal level or a group of people that is disadvantaged in some way mm-hmm. you know and i will vote for that like if someone says i can do this for you people like you or another, you know, marginalized group, I can do something for them. I will vote for that. Mm-hmm. And if they follow through on it, I will vote for them again based yeah. on that. But, you know, it, it's, it's all, it's all lies for the mm-hmm. most part. And if you look at any national politician, basically all of them are trying to sell you something that will not improve your life, but will enrich some other people. Yeah. So you need to ask like, who are their donors and how will their policies enrich these people? I mean, if you look at like like most of the Seattle ones, were always just like mm-hmm. pro property, yeah, well, <laughs> like that's, rates that's and the, stuff. That's and the thing, like developers on, on a national scale. If you hear a politician saying, uh, "Yeah, I am pro," you know, sending Ukraine weapons and giving them lethal aid and shit, which all which all of them all are. of them are. <laughs> that's that's them telling you. That's them basically admitting to you, I am pro-war and pro-weapons mm-hmm. and I am supported by the weapons industry, yeah. Raytheon, Boeing. Like mm-hmm. these are some of the, you know, the and Boeing is in Seattle. Boeing is in Seattle and they, they give a ton of money to Seattle mm-hmm. politicians and yeah. national politicians. Yeah. They are a huge giver to everybody. And people are like, Oh, they make airplanes. That's not what they make most of their money on. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the missiles make them a lot more fucking money. Mm-hmm. The like, if they could stop making airplanes, they probably would. Yeah. They probably just leave that to like fucking Airbus and shit mm-hmm. because, you know, they make a much higher margin and they don't have to worry about their missiles failing because if they miss, uh, you know, if they don't explode and they're a dud, too bad you got another one. Mm-hmm. If an airplane is a dud, that's a big PR problem. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's all fucked up. Um, yeah, this is the first time I haven't been in Seattle in a long time, so I'm in, I don't even sure who I'm going for. Well, I'm not even sure if I'm getting the ballot. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you look into it. And you, if, yeah. if not, see if you can, some places, at least Seattle lets you register until like the last week mm-hmm. uh, for a while. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Tacoma now, so. Yeah, so who knows? They're, they're a little more uh, conservative down there, <laughs> which isn't bad. I mean, they're a little more working class conservative, yeah. which is fine-ish, um, mm-hmm. you know, but some of the other conservative stuff seeps into that. Yeah. You're in, is that Kip, Kitsap County? Is that right? No, but no, Pierce. Pierce, that's right. Yeah, Pierce, mm-hmm. Pierce, Kitsap, that whole area is a little, little redder. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I lived in uh, Bremerton. Ooh, Holy yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Well, I mean, yeah, that's like a military town. Though. Yeah. It's always going to be dumb. And lot, yeah, there's lots of Nazis there. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, so consider, uh, oh, yeah. So harm reduction is good. And a lot of people consider harm reduction when it comes to voting. And that, yeah. that's fine. But whoever consider that on a national scale, most likely whoever you're voting for isn't going to be doing any real harm reduction. They're just going to be shifting it in a different way. No, I mean, they, they know the, they know the lingo they know yeah. like the language that they can use to to posit themselves as, as harm reduction. Right. And you know, there's a lot of like speech they adopt, like, uh, you know, like, Oh, I believe in re respecting, you know, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, then, then they go and just like, when it comes to their actual policies, actual, then they're like, Oh, uh, more private prisons. And shit yeah. Like more that. private prisons, you know, Oh, we, you know, we need the child jail. That was a big thing in oh, Seattle. Yeah, right. And like, um, and you know, and feed the, you know, missiles to, uh, to foreign countries. Mm -hmm. And so then it's just like, okay, well this is all just like window dressing to cover right. up your and, and, truly yeah. just like Republican beliefs. Right. Or like, you know, politicians <laughs> who are like, yeah, I believe in fixing the homeless problem. And they do that by increasing the police budget. Yes. Which does not solve no, the police budget. Because homelessness, guess what? Isn't a police problem no. because the police don't cause homelessness. Mm -hmm. And so they can't, fix it in any way yeah. they can't fix the system because they're completely outside of it mm -hmm. yeah i mean all they're gonna do is just like you know arrest them yeah they're they're, them. they're they're they're, go they're there for violence they're mm -hmm. there to cause violence to disadvantaged people yeah and that's it and that's not going to help anything in that system that just reinforces that hierarchy which they're happy to do yeah they're happy to do that yeah um but you know consider that folks said voting for Trump would have been harm reduction versus Hillary Clinton, which domestically, yes, it would have. You know, there were some bad things yeah. that happened, especially culturally because of Trump. However, uh, consider that there is little doubt in my mind, and probably anybody else's, that Hillary Clinton is a way bigger war hawk than Trump was. And so she would have probably gotten a lot more engaged in foreign places. We know she would have beefed up Siri and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really just displacing misery from yeah. one place to another. Like none of these people are good for the interests of you and, or the world. Yeah. I mean, the only, only real way, cause like that's one problem with the, uh, you know, you know, representative democracy. It's just like where, you know, they're just in the pockets of the people who pay them. Mm -hmm. They don't represent any normal people. And it's why we need, you know, true democracy we where do. people are, so, are allowed to vote and make the decisions that it directly affect them when it mm -hmm. comes to like their work, their housing and, you know, those and the, um, and their local pro and the problems, you know, here and abroad. So, but we don't have that. Right. And so, <laughs> so when people like defend the constitution, I like to go down a, a little, uh, rabbit hole with them because it's always very easy. Um, I go, so you think the constitution's a good thing? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, do you think that uh, people should be able to vote on national issues? Do you, do you mm -hmm. think you have any kind of say in national issues? And they're like, I mean, I guess I vote for, you know, politicians. Like when was the last time any of them actually like followed through on their entire campaign platform? Mm -hmm. Like I oh, never, you know, and also something happens at the, you know, at, at the beginning of their, of their term and they do something you don't agree with mm -hmm. and you've got to wait four years. And right. And, <laughs> and also the thing too is like, you know, it's because of the electoral college system democracy doesn't actually work because yeah. a majority of the country can vote for 
and interest, mm-hmm. and it can be still be overridden by our dumb system. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, that's why that's why like you know a lot of you know if you do live in major cities, a lot of your votes are considered useless. Oh, they are. <laughs> Cause, yeah. like, which is why cause, like say large local cause... large swaths of voting of a uh, empty land have more power. Right. And it's and yeah, like because like you know this country was founded on mm-hmm. by wealthy landowners right. who initially like only allowed voting by wealthy landowners. Yeah. Like, and so like and we still have that today. Like that's still the vo- the votes that really count mm-hmm. are the people who own property who own land because they're the ones who are directly influencing the politics like no no common people get to really make that decision except you know you can argue on local level like you know there are things you can vote for you know and vote against you know child jail (laughs) being one and uh you know shit like that it's like can make those decisions but more or less you know i don't know i i'm i'm sort of like voter despondent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, but you know, go out. You know, if you do, like I, I fully encourage. You know, if you, that it is like the one little thing that they give us to do, whether it's like pointless or not. But you know, it's, it's always it's always good to try. Yeah, it's always good to always always uh, uh, express. You know your you know use what political power you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, voting is basically the only power. You have, which yeah. sucks because as you said, a lot of the times it's absolutely powerless and absolutely toothless. Yeah. I mean, most of the time it is. And yeah. So, and you know, especially when they're both like both parties are exactly the same. It's more like a kabuki theater type thing where we're yeah. just like, you know, doing a ritual, <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. you know, or it's like, you know, we're doing a ritual to just choose, like, you know, choose your, choose the form of your destroyer. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, and it's just like the same exact, you know, Two puppets controlled by the same person. <laughs> Indeed. So, speaking of voting, we're going to talk some national elections. Oh, boy. Um, because even though your vote doesn't matter, some people <laughs> think it does. And, uh, you know, it could be funny. More than yeah. anything, this could be funny. And uh, It's so, always worth trying. Yeah. So, let's start uh, with the national um so we'll go to Senate first. Uh, mm-hmm. So with Pennsylvania, we have a very, very funny situation happening there with Fetterman and Dr. Oz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so right now that scene is probably the closest race in the country besides Georgia. It's close. It's a toss up. It's like that's insane. <laughs> it's, within, it's within a margin of error. So it yeah. could literally go either way. And it was actually Fetterman had a pretty good lead for a while because he's a very good poster online. Uh, especially and Dr. Oz, is Dr. Oz is so bad. A fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he just comes off as an elitist doofus dickhole. And so like the yeah, only I mean, people the dudes, voting, from, the dudes from Jersey, right? <laughs> yeah. He lives in Jersey. Yeah. And like, they point that out all the time, but like mm-hmm. he also owns a house in Pennsylvania. He owns like seven homes. Yeah. So, like, so Fetterman is always pointing out, Hey, he's not like a dude. He's not one of the people. He's a fucking idiot and just an elitist. And mm-hmm. obviously he is, but then uh, Fetterman has taken a pretty recent uh, dip in the polls over the last few weeks because uh, he recently had a stroke. And mm. uh, he's definitely obviously affected by that in that, like, uh, it debates now. He has to uh, basically as, like, a teleprompter. And instead of, like, listening to what Dr. Oz is saying, like, someone types it up real fast and he reads it and then responds. Mm. And so he's obviously, like, been affected by it. But even, you know it diminished capacity. He's still 
way fucking better than fucking Dr. Oz. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Oz was a professional snake oil salesman. Right. And, and it's just like... And Fetterman is like one of the few people... It really sucks that he had the stroke because he was kind of yeah. seen as like one of the few people who could really turn the Democratic Party around and mm-hmm. once again make them at least somewhat a party of the working class. Yeah. Because he's I mean, a yeah, very what, working class guy. Yeah, and yeah, neither there is and as you know, as we were saying, there is no anti war movement or anti war party. There's also no worker party. Right, right. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. we're people that that are directly I mean, you know, you can make the argument like there are some I mean, there there are pro union, but very yeah, yeah, the Democrat Party is in general, they say they're pro union and you know, mm-hmm. most major kind of historically democratic places still uh uh unions still stick with democrats which yeah. is whatever and like biden's like oh i'm pro pro union jack you know? are you though <laughs> he's, yeah. he's really not and that's yeah. the thing it's like they're really not they're still like supported in, entirely by like anti-union companies and shit. Yeah. so that's 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 a fucking joke mm-hmm. um but you know yeah it's maybe i guess we're gonna have to rely on pritzker now good old jb pritzker <laughs> another big boy we love yeah Love our big guys. Yeah. yeah. Big uh, dudes. But J.B. Pritzker, he's actually up for uh, re-election in uh, Illinois right now for governor. Mm. And uh, he has a 99% chance of winning. There's mm. no way he's going to lose. Yeah, which is good. great. Yeah. yeah. Good good for Pritzker. Yeah. Love, uh, it's, it's insane, though, that the Fetterman one so close because yep. I don't know how you can look at Dr. Oz and think that's a person. Like, you know, it's. Like their job, the politician's job is just to seem as like a genuine person, <laughs> like just like or just like put up the f- the farce that they are, mm-hmm. and he is imp- he can't do it. <laughs> he's he spent too long as just like a as just like a as a con man, right? And just like a, yeah, <laughs> weird dead eyed fucking TV doctor. Yeah, yeah. There's just like yeah, just the guy that sell that sells, that gave Oprah like you know you know healing coconut oils or whatever he gave her. Right. <laughs> he was just like. Yeah, fuck Dr. Oz. Yeah, fuck that dude. And it's it's also crazy to me. Um he is an openly Sunni Muslim. Is he? Running for Senate. Hmm. Yeah, he is. I never knew that. Exactly, because the Republicans will never mention it if you're a Republican. Hmm. Like if if he was a Democrat, that I mean, like Mehmet, oh, Mehmet Hussein, Oz, dun dun dun. Like they would be playing so many fucking commercials about oh, yeah. that. Like they would be eating that up. And it's crazy that like in this day and age that can happen just because basically someone is endorsed by Donald Trump. Yeah, I think I th- like I I do feel like the um using like Muslims as the uh as the uh as the boogeyman has kind of like been waning. Cause now like the big thing is like, you know, trans people uh-huh, and, yeah. um, and so that's like the new, just, like just, I mean, queer people in general now, yeah. it's not just trans people, yeah, it's, yeah. it's LGBTQ, but trans people are the main boogeyman. Yes. Yeah. And, and so they're focusing more towards that. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, you know, it, like, you know, like, yeah, just get away from the Muslim thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, they need something to be xenophobic about yeah. at all times. You know, mm-hmm. They need their bigotry, people. That's yeah. that's what they fucking rely on. So. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, you know, when 
when people do come with like genuine concerns about their material conditions, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, well, why is my life like this? Why is, why is everything suck? You know, it's just like, well, I don't have, I don't have your money. Oh, he does. You know, it's right. just like, you know, point to point to this, uh, amorphous, like, you know, idea of like a person that's like somehow like stealing all their rights and, mm-hmm. and making their lives miserable. So they don't actually have to like focus on the real thing that's the the real material thing that's actually making your life horrible which is yeah it's it's, you know it's like they say that that old like uh, math kind of problem like uh you know there there's a pie right Mm -hmm. and it has eight pieces there's a rich man um a a working man and a working immigrant in the same room Mm -hmm. right the the rich man takes seven pieces of the pie and uh then tells the the working man that the immigrant stole his his second piece yeah which is like yeah that's that's exactly what happens mm-hmm. yeah they're in and it works every single time and something something i want to reiterate that people just don't seem to understand whoever you work for your boss whatever whatever you work for if you're working for someone else they will take during your lifetime two thirds mm-hmm. of the value you produce yep. If you produce $60 worth of value an hour, they will only pay you maximum $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. And that is the reality of the world that we live in. Yeah. That money goes into their pockets and it goes into their bank accounts. And you're like, well, they can't have that much money. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. They're hoarding it. <laughs> you have no idea how much money is hoarded, not just by corporations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we're seeing corporations now that have trillions of dollars in a bank account. Yeah. Which is insane they they and they literally have no idea what to do with that much money like if they became like you know if all of their factories blew up tomorrow they could just sit on that money and be a company fully operating for the next hundred years yeah and it's 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 wild like like uh i did the math a while ago and uh apple had enough money at that point this was a few years ago to give every single one of their employees worldwide 1.2 1.2 million dollars yeah. and they'd still have money in the bank. Yeah. They just hoarded that money. Yeah. From their they they stole so they stole an average of 1.2 million dollars per capita from their employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's an insane amount of wealth. Yeah. To steal from one person to extract from them. And it's and it's not you know it's not stuff that's you know generally reported on you know yeah. that's why like you know bigotry is such a big uh component of capitalism. Cause it needs it to survive because mm-hmm. like if there was a unified working class that all were, you know, aligned, you know, n- you know, d- not necessarily have to be like, you know, culturally aligned, but like just politically aligned, mm-hmm. they would be a, you know, devastating to these people that are just like flat out robbing us. And that's just, just facts. <laughs> and that's, and that's why, you know, all this money. And that's why it's like good that they want to have like, you know, make sure people can say slurs. Make sure that, you know, that they're outlawing, you know, you know, trans people to exist, you know, and like shit like that. It's just like, it's all part of their plan. You know, we're all fighting over these things that we shouldn't be fighting over. We should be, you know, hand in hand, but nope. Fucking sucks, man. Next, we got Nevada, uh, where incumbent Democrat Catherine Cortez Masso, Masto? Uh, is up against uh, Republican Adam Paul Nexalt. And that one is neck and neck, apparently. Mm. I don't know much about either of these people. What ne- state is it again? Nevada. Oh, uh, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada already has uh, one Democratic senator. Uh, mm. So this will give them two Democratic senators. 
you know, um, then they've had two Democratic senators. And that, you know, would be, it'd be great to keep that uh, just because, you know, the Senate, um, they're in charge of fucking uh, Supreme Court judges. Yeah. And uh, that's the only thing the Senate's really good for. Other than that, mm-hmm. they're just going to throw money at corporations. Upward mm-hmm. transfers of wealth, yeah. really more. That's what they're good for. But this, at least, you know, the Supreme Court fucking sucks. Abortion, all that shit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, maybe if you're in Nevada, if you're listening to this, maybe, maybe, (laughs) I don't really care. Uh, and then the last thing we'll talk about in Senate is Georgia, which is by far my favorite race and the (laughs) funniest, funniest thing that's happened in politics in a long time. Oh yeah. The earth president. Yeah. We, we got, yeah. Uh, you know, Fetterman and Oz is funny. Yeah. Um, but Georgia has, uh, Reverend Warnock, Democrat incumbent going up against, Herschel Walker, a former football player oh, yeah. who has CTE and is just the goofiest motherfucker alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's, he's said a lot of stuff. He said he's like uh, deputized to do cop stuff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The cops who gave him the badges are like, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like when um, the pilot gives you, gives a child wings yes, when they fly yeah. on a plane. Uh, he's a big boy. Um, most recently, he's been caught up in an abortion scandal because he's very pro-life. Oh, yeah. But it's just come out. He's had at least, I think, like two abortions. Wow, fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, then, like... and then there's been a lot of lies surrounding that. Like uh, his wife said she didn't know or something, but then it was revealed that his wife actually texted the woman who was having his child and shit mm. like that. There's just like a lot of crazy shit going on. It, it came out that there's probably a second woman. So there's maybe countless women. So – yeah, I mean that's a that's the thing. Like they're like these beliefs that they have are very disingenuous. Oh no, they're they're completely <laughs> unserious because yeah, if they, they don't have any real belief. Yeah, if if they <laughs> thought abortion was murder, then now they have to decide between voting for a reverend who's a Democrat or at least a two time murderer mm, yeah. who happens to be a fucking Republican who mm. is insane and so well that's yeah that's because when you boil it down like they don't act like they'll vote they'll they'll just definitely just vote down party lines because at the end of the day they don't actually no one actually cares that's the problem but what, what they do right it's just like it just becomes a you know a my team type situation it is, yeah and no. yeah i mean they like who knows what what they'll actually do half the time it's just like they're just going to serve the interests of capital and so at the end of the day and it's just like and yeah, like stuff like the abortion and and all their all these things that they supposedly care deeply about are just window dressing. Oh, it's 100%. Like, it's 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 just nonsense. It's just culture war bullshit. It is. <laughs> it's it's all fucking dog shit. Yeah, so, and, it's, and 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 just a thing to drag. It's a it's a very emotional issue to. But the, but yeah, obviously that they don't that they don't actually have any real interest in mm-hmm. like they they'll like they'll just keep they'll keep it illegal and do it behind their backs because they can afford to and while fucking over millions of women right. and they don't give a fuck as no. long as as long as they can win their election oh yeah um because they hate women yeah 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 it's whatever uh so god i am very split on this because herschel walker winning this race would be amazing in the sense that C-SPAN would be funny again. C-SPAN has not been funny. I mean, it is occasionally when yeah. like Biden is like bumbling and shit like that, but mm-hmm. it was a lot funnier when Trump was president because he's genuinely completely unhinged 
and an absolute madman, which makes for good comedy occasionally. Yeah. Uh, Herschel Walker is even crazier. He's like, if you hit um, uh, Donald uh, Trump in the head with a shovel a bunch in his 20s, <laughs> what would happen? And yeah. I, I think that's very funny. Mm-hmm. Also very tragic. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm If I were in Georgia, I'd actually be split on this. I probably just wouldn't vote because I, I couldn't feel good either way because I want the funny guy to be on TV a lot more. Yeah. And, and I know that's not going to happen if he loses. Yeah. And that, and that that's another, yeah, just another issue with representative democracy where it's just like, okay, these are our choices. Right. It's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, we have to, you know, like, yeah, it's very real that this guy who probably, sh- probably should be watched when he falls asleep just to make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> he should literally be in a nursing home. He should be in a nursing home. Like that's, like, that's the level of mentality yeah, he has. Yeah. Like he like, and that, but he is in a, he is in the, in the position to, to pull the lever. You know, we got, tr- you know, we got Trump, you know, who's in the position to pull the lever. Who's like, and it's just like, it's, it's absolutely insane. It is. And this is a guy who will make a deci- make, make decisions for the next few years. And it's just, but you know what? Six, six years. Six years, yeah. Senators have six years. Yeah, six years. So, uh-huh. you know, what are we even doing? We're just like, I feel like we're just biding time until like things just go down the toilet. Joe Biden time. <laughs> Joe Am Biden right? time. Am I right? <laughs> because, because like this is like seriously like the like the culmination of all human advancement. I guess you know we're we've we've come to the point where we get to we all get to uh, vote. Be, between a very narrow election between two parties that don't that that are that don't give a shit about anybody right and and in georgia (laughs) like your choice is someone who's devoted their life to believing in a fictional god or someone who believes they are a fictional god yeah (laughs) which is like a really interesting choice to like you know even comprehend in the first place we're just yeah and and this is what this is what it's come down to, and then, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then of course we can have Doctor Oz, you know, a, a professional snake oil salesman. It's just like, what are we doing? It's like we're not we're not putting people in charge that even want to like solve issues. They just, <laughs> it's yeah. like we never have like politics, like the rep- like the rep- like this whole our whole system is nonsense. It is very <laughs> very stupid. We need a, it's, it's we all need to it's, abolish the Constitution as well. It's, it's 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 really just just uh just an entire like you know entertainment you know like uh like a football game type shit you know just like you know we get to like run run our run our um our uh person down the field and make them get the touchdown and that's it you know we did the thing we we that's 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 what we've accomplished we ran our person down the field and he did a touchdown mm-hmm. okay cool and then then we don't think about it <laughs> and, so, and then meanwhile you know our rights get eroded and 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 really like the people that we put up there that we all do fight for and get into office don't do anything to no. to protect those things like Which sucks like abortion like, you know Roe Ro got overturned under you know supposed Democrats who were that's that's what they right. raise money for and and after the last Democratic president like literally said they would codify Roe versus Wade yeah but they and won't. they didn't yeah even when they had a supermajority. Yeah, and that's the thing that you'll do. Like that's like, and and it's kind of at this point. Like, there's definitely a pattern where where Democrats are just serving the function of fumbling the bag. Yes. To to always like have like the carrot and stick, where it's like you know we you know they make us fight for them to get them there, and then they'll will give will basically like you know set them up 
to do a slam dunk and then they'll just you like know, fucking throw it down the side of the court. You know what Democrats He'd totally are? He's using lots of are. sports motifiers. It's, it's cool. I'm going to use another <laughs> metaphor here. You know what Democrats totally are? Uh-uh. They're uh, they're ducky in 16 candles. <laughs> they're like, they're the doofus friend who is like fucking in love with the girl, but they are there at the end of the story to only serve as a punching bag and just something funny and entertaining because mm-hmm. the girl always just wants the fucking Chad who's going to fuck her brains out. Yeah. You know, I actually heard that movie was supposed to end with her going with Ducky, wasn't it? It, it, Did it? it might have supposed to, but it yeah. didn't end like that. Yeah, well, because uh, like the, they ended up making another movie that had the same exact plot that ends with the Ducky character. Hmm, interesting. Can't remember the name of it. But, but yeah, like, you know, and really it just becomes like a thing of like um, um, controlled resistance, you know, controlled opposition, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know, the Democrats are just serving the purpose of, you know, like, obviously, like, people are, people. there is going to be a disagreement or, you know, like, and there's like, to be a, be a focal point for everyone's frustrations and, and then just make it completely toothless and pointless. And, you know, and then, you know, cause like, obviously, like, we are outraged, you know, there is outrage against how the country's going and like, but Democrats are only there to like, to to weaponize to not weaponize it but to just like put a cork on it <laughs> and just yeah. like flush it and just make it completely ineffectual 100% and we keep that we keep going through this pattern and yeah. I mean li- liberals are there to take leftist ideas and sanitize them until they are completely toothless and don't really help anybody yeah exactly like Oh, UBI? Well, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let's means test it and then yeah. only give it to white people who are already rich. And I'm yeah. like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, marijuana legalization. Well, I'm going to free all the federal um, people in prison for marijuana. There were zero. <laughs> zero. Zero. Absolutely he, zero. He, he just pardoned 6,000 people who already got out of prison. Yeah. Like, so he just cleared some people's records and didn't do anything that actually, like, Really, I mean, it helped maybe a few people get jobs or something, yeah. but I doubt most of those people who went to federal prison for marijuana were applying for federal jobs in the first place. No, come on. And uh, so, yeah, so voting, you know, maybe vote with um, weapons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so the best way you can actually vote in our society is like getting out there and making your voice heard, like mm-hmm. you know. Um, setting fire to a cop car is going to be cause a lot more effects than a single vote ever can. Yeah. Throwing a, um, you know, going online and finding uh, all the, uh, what do they call them? Like uh, employment rights lawyer or something. All, all the lawyers who are anti-union, just like yeah. an anti-union lawyer and like look in your city, uh, go ahead and find <laughs> their offices. I'm not telling you to do this, but if you did find their offices and uh, throw a threatening labeled brick <laughs> through their window, that's going to actually affect the world a lot more and do a lot more material change than, you know, just voting for a Democratic senator ever can. Yeah. No matter where you are. Yeah. Like, you know, but that's the way the, that's the way the thing is. Like, and, and I do feel it's going to get worse. It <laughs> like, always gets worse like before it gets better. Yeah. And it's never getting better. Yeah. But we'll see how these midterms come out. Like, I don't have any faith in... And like, and Democrats' ability to win or want to, or their ability to want to win. No, no, they or love losing. to want to do anything after they win. Correct. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy to me that that fucking screen cap from The Simpsons uh, from like thirty years ago is mm. still still relevant. It's what 
Democratic Party, we can't win, uh, yeah. or we can't legislate, and yeah. we hate winning, and then yeah. uh, the Republican Party was, well, like... We hate everyone. We, we hate everyone, we're evil, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> And yep. it's, it's, it's right. That's nothing's changed like fundamentally uh, yeah. for a long, long ass time, which uh, fucking sucks. I, I had some more here to talk about elections, but we've been talking about politics enough. I think it's time to actually get into the meat of the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Star Trek. We do talk about Star Trek uh, every now and again, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had some new Star Trek this week and That's that true. was a uh, Star Trek prodigy. So uh, you want to, you want to get right into that prodigy hole, baby? Hells yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Nothing but a prodigy thing, baby. Just two dumb assholes talking crazy. Soy Trek is a podcast that pays, man. A cap, so please don't try to mace, man. Hell yeah. Prodigy. Star Trek Prodigy. Um, season 1, episode 12 this week. Uh, released today, Thursday, November 3rd. Um, titled, Let Sleeping Borg Lie. <laughs> Not a very clever title, in my opinion, but... No. No. Yeah. Borg, dog. No, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. It should be like, let me be your Borg. Mm. Or, uh... Down with the borg (laughs) borg Oh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I never thought about that. So this one was written by... Here's a name. Deandra Pendleton Thompson. What the fuck? That is so many syllables. Yeah, that's like, wild. That way too many. Deandra Pendleton Thompson, uh, in her fourth episode of the series, she's also credited uh, with writing First Contact, the episode. And uh, both, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah At first I thought you meant the movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, then uh, both parts of A Moral Star, the two-part episode. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And this one was directed by Olga Olnova and Sung Shin, uh, this is Sungshin's fifth episode co-directing the series, mm. um, and also Olga's uh, second episode. They did time amok together, which I think is one of the best episodes of the series. The one yeah. with the time dilation thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, that was that was like a a pretty wild uh, concept to have uh, On children. A kid except, show, yeah, yeah kid no, show. The, honestly, yeah, that's what I thought when I was watching it. I'm like, this is actually like really a wild concept for a kid show. But honestly, I thought the way they explained it. They explained it so well. Yeah, they did. This actually, I think, works for a kid's show. Mm Because, like, they, like, showed the visual of, like, okay, so you're on this bigger circle. And so because it's bigger, it's going slower. And I'm like, this is great. This is, like, actually teaching, like, real physical or, like, physics concepts to kids. And just, like, like, like make kids, like, yeah, just, like, really just, like, connect the things in their brains that are still developing. And see see things differently. That's that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that's the way you make a kid show. Yeah. And that's actually one thing that this does that, like, um, a show I I do compare this to a lot, uh, Clone Wars, the uh, Dave Filoni one. Oh, I didn't watch it. the Genny Duranovsky one. But the the 3D one, it's great, actually. Mm. It's uh, one of the best things. And it's the reason Dave Filoni is the guy who's, like, been the co-showrunner of, like, all of the Star Wars shows. And so he's like, he actually knows the, what he's fucking doing, obviously, in the Star Wars universe more than like anybody else, basically, yeah. especially JJ fucking Abrams. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so I, I compare you know, the show to that a lot, but I think this in a way is better than Clone Wars. Clone Wars, I think, is better on a storytelling aspect, but mm-hmm. also they had like 
five seasons or something. They had a bunch of seasons, so they had a lot. Yeah, of time they they had a little more time to marinate. Yeah, and they and also working. Well, I guess they also had is... characters they were playing with because the show centers around Obi Wan and Anakin, and so mm-hmm. and like Yoda and a bunch of who have like yeah had a whole thing relationship for three movies exactly. So, so. Yeah. which I've only seen uh, the first one. Of That's this. right. We've talked about it. So, uh, and I think we talked about it on the cast before, and I mm-hmm. think I promised that we are going to do watch and reviews of all three mm-hmm. of the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. I remember seeing, yeah, the episode one. I was like, what is this bullshit? I hate it. And I, I refuse and to watch the other two episode films. Episode two, dude. It's oh, not, actually, it was. You can't refuse because we're going to do it. It was funny, though. My yeah. friend bought uh, my ticket to go yeah. see the third one. Yeah. I hadn't seen the second one, so we went. And then when R2-D2 started flying around with a flamethrower, I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> and like walked out of the theater. God, you were, <laughs> no offense, but you were so weak. You have such a weak internal constant. You have no idea the bullshit I've seen. I've, I've never oh. walked out of a movie. It was so bad. I mean, I, I did sit I, through, I um, through, uh, fuck murder by numbers. That was an awful movie. I don't even know. I sat through that. Like everyone else in the theater had walked out and I mm-hmm. sat through that movie. But, uh, no, but, uh, also the girl's dating at the time. She was just like, this fucking sucks. Let's leave. I'm like, yeah, I'm angry with that. <laughs> So anyway, back to Prodigy. We open, and Gwyn is speaking to her father, the Diviner, on the mining asteroid they were previously on in the beginning of the series. It's daytime, and Gwyn is asking him what kind of weapon he put on the Protostar. He explains that just as the Federation brought on the civil war of their people, so shall they bring the destruction of the Federation. Mm. The weapon, uh, when it comes in contact to the Starfleet, uh, with a Starfleet vessel, he says will release a signal that corrupts. Suddenly, Dahl comments on the way the Diviner speaks, letting us know this is a holodeck replay and not a flashback. Mm. The rest of the Protostar's crew is also there, and tell Dahl to stop as the simulation continues. The Diviner explains that the corruption will pit Starfleet ships against one another, one by one, until the Federation is reduced to nothing. Which, this is a pretty adult storyline. I, I dig yeah. this. Like, this is... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Gwyn turns the whole... Although I hate that, once again, we're dealing with a time travel plot. At least it's not like a time travel AI plot. They yeah. They really need to cool it on evil AIs and time travel in Star Trek. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I'm, yeah time travel is something I wish they would lean on less because yeah, it does... way less. It does, like... Like, Discovery's the time travel show. They should just deal with that. And I, mm-hmm. I was fine with how they kind of dealt with it in Strange, uh, Strange New Worlds on mm-hmm. uh, the season finale. No, that, yeah, that worked. And, yeah, they had uh, the explanation of the, uh, you know, the Klingon time crystals or whatever they're using. Yeah, and, and yeah, it made sense. Yeah, like, uh, you got to see, like, the alternate timeline of how yeah, timeline would change. That, that, Which I, is, alternate timelines are cool. But that like, is cool, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, time travel is just, like, come, come on. Stop it. Stop yeah, because <laughs> like Discovery was a time travel show, and then Picard season two decided it also had to be a time travel mm-hmm. show. Um, and there's just so much fucking time travel. We don't need it. We really don't need it. No, oh, and yeah, I mean, also like, well, I guess like um, Lower Decks did it in that you know Paradoxus a little bit, but it was a holodeck program. Yeah, but that was so that was fun. Like there was no like actual consequences happening. But, yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, like. Eh, all, right, well, all right. Well, we have this mysterious uh, villain from the future who's has like a super weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which okay, I can I can kind of see kind of like that. See where it goes. 
So Gwyn turns the holodeck volume off and Jenkum asks if there's really a secret weapon on his ship. Calling it his ship. That's a little presumptuous. Yeah, well, he's the engineer. He is. Yeah. Uh, so Zero says that explains why the relay station from the previous episode destroyed itself, but everywhere else was without incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenkum asks if it's all because Starfleet made first contact with Gwyn's homeworld. And Gwyn corrects him that it will happen since her father is actually a time traveler that went back in time to prevent the first contact from ever happening. Suddenly Murph starts screaming a little um, and Rock suggests that all the time travel talk is making him sick. <laughs> or sorry, Murph starts seeming ill, not screaming a little. Mm. Uh, yeah, seeming yeah. ill, seeming ill. Um, so Hologram Janeway suggests that she would know if there was a weapon of that magnitude on the ship. And Jenkum rebutes that she didn't know they had a protostar even. Either since it was uh, either since it was wiped from her memory, mm-hmm. um, suddenly Zero sees themselves on the holodeck and turns it off in fear. They'll get to the part where they revealed themselves to um, the diviner and drove them mad with their form. Mm-hmm. Because even on the holodeck, I think that would still drive everyone mad, which is interesting. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would the holodeck safeties prevent it though? That's what I'm wondering too. Yeah, yeah. like we just like have a bunch of pixels. Yeah, because <laughs> like, right. I mean, yeah, because can the holodeck know that? Like, yeah, can the holodeck know that 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 form will drive people mad? That's an interesting mm. question. Yeah. yeah, and how does yeah how does the holodeck deal with things that are like immaterial in that way? I can, yeah, maybe they censor it in some way. Yeah, because I mean, I guess it is energy, and they can recreate energy. So yeah, they could yeah they could recreate the the Medusan form that does cause madness yeah what do you think do you think the holodeck or the beaming i mean or then again like it could just be some be not just like the the how the medusin looks it could yeah just be like a a a thing by the actual radiation that emits from them or like or like some some sort of glimmer that can't can't be recreated through holograms yeah so one must wonder yeah uh, but Rock says it's okay. But Zero says they couldn't live with themselves if they hurt anybody. Um, which means that Zero is definitely not a dom daddy. No. Which is unfortunate. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're they're like in a little metal body. They'd be good at some things, but not Yeah, kind things. of the ship's nerd. Yeah. Who, who do you think would be the best dom daddy on this ship? I mean, Rock would be imposing. I think maybe Jinkum. Jinkum? Yeah. Yeah, I can see Jenkum being like, I'm going to stick it in your asshole. Because, I mean, he does refer to himself in the third person. That's, oh, which is a very. Daddy's going to stick it in all your holes. Exactly. Daddy Jenkum's going to use his rotating arm. <laughs> so, I engineered this just for your pussy. Yeah, like, I think speaking of third person, definitely daddy behavior. Britain agrees. <laughs> oh God, what have I done? You, you know what you did. You, know you what knew you... exactly what you were doing. Daddy knows. Daddy knows. Daddy Brit knows. Um, so the crew searches everywhere. In Janeway's words, every bulkhead, cargo bay, and Jeffrey's tube. And Jeffrey is like, but then Zero suggests they haven't checked the bridge. Which is like, how can they say they checked everywhere? Seriously, uh, with dummies, yeah, and and really that would be the most logical place for it to be, right? Like that's where all ever, all the systems are. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So nothing initially comes up until Jenkum scans the floor and sees a strange symbol illuminated by light, which is like, why would you put that there? Yeah. Like, if this needs to be a secret, why mark it? I don't get it. And, then, um, and was it was he using a black light? Was it like being illuminated? Because oh, it's it was all like, cum. Yeah, it's written in cum. <laughs> like the divider yeah. on the ship and just like came a bunch in and left. Then used a little paintbrush. Yeah. And did a little, <laughs> and like, wrote it out that little thing. But I guess it did. I mean, it did like uh, the just the word didn't it just make uh, the girls uh, Gwen's uh, key yeah. appear? So uh, Gwen says it's a symbol of Solum, or more more like Sol Cum. <laughs> And her heirloom reacts to it and forms into a key, which I think would be a lot cooler if she had an heirloom tomato. That would be cool. Yeah. Way way better. I, I love heirloom tomatoes. They're so good. They are really good, but they get squishy so fast. You have they to do. eat them like the day you get them. Otherwise, they turn into fucking mush. Yeah. There's lo- nothing better, worse than a mushy tomato. I, I love uh, heirloom tomato se- uh, sandwich season. Just like oh, yeah. Fuck up some. Although you can't, you can't have a good melt with it, unfortunately, which is mm-hmm. the best thing. Like... Heirloom tomato, good sharp white cheddar. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Stick it in my butthole. <laughs> Stick it in my butthole. So Gwyn says it's a symbol of Solom, and her heirloom reacts to it and forms an heirloom tomato. Uh, she sticks it in her butt, and the dick opens into a subdick. Hells yeah. No, the uh, she sticks it into the symbol, and the deck opens into a subdeck, revealing a hidden level that hologram Janeway has no record of. The daddy dungeon. <laughs> Jenkins like, you found my dungeon! <laughs> um, as they enter, Rock asks what the strange humming is. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Janeway's like, oh shit. <laughs> I left that on. <laughs> Just like little dildos like, like <laughs> vibrating across the, uh, across the deck. Doll, stop playing with a vibrating butt plug app. <laughs> um... So, uh, Rock asks what the strange humming is, and suddenly the crew uh, beholds a glowing black and red discus that, as a goth, I thought was really cool looking. Uh, it was moving and reacting as though, as though it's alive. Jingham says they need to make it not alive, which was a pretty fun line, and yeah. Rock suggests they throw it out in airlock. But Zero says, then somebody else may use it. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. At this point, they should have like maybe talked about transporting it into the middle of a planet. I was just thinking right? that there's yeah. so many or like, like into, transport the, into a in, sun or something like yeah, transport it into a fucking sun, transport it into solid rock. <laughs> yeah, there are places you could hide it that no one would ever think or want to look. Like, yeah, yeah, in the middle of a sun, who's gonna get it in the sun? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah, put put it in in somewhere that like no one ever goes, like Odo's butthole. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's ever seen Odo's butthole. No, no. Even like Kira like insists on pegging him, and he's like, "I'll make, I'll, I'll make another hole for you." <laughs> um, well, as we've discussed, like he is the gape king. Like, yes. he can gape. Uh, oh, he can be the gape queen. I mean, he's kind of sexless, so he's the yeah. gape, the gape royalty. Yeah, the, the whole royalty, mm-hmm. the gape royal court, if you will. The uh, the Dauphine, yeah, you can be the Dauphine. Hell yeah, <laughs> the Lord of Vape, Gape, Vape, Lord of Vape, Lord of Vape would be an awesome name for a, a vape store. That would be, yeah, right. Or Lord of the Vapes. Yeah, let's open up a vape store. <laughs> I mean, hasn't hasn't there been one that's called Planet of the Vapes? Yeah, I, I, I bet there is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's racist. Doll suggests they take it apart, 
But Gwyn says it's tech from the future, and you can't just cut a wire. Jenkins says he'll fix it and points a phaser at it. Everybody tries to get him to stop because he's a fucking idiot, but he fires and the weapon protects itself and absorbs the shot. Yeah. Like, uh, well, doesn't know, it go through? Like a, a it twink. forms a hole and it goes through the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least it kind of absorbs it or like mm. avoids it or something. Yeah. The, the way, you know, a <laughs> twink avoids uh, or absorbs the cum <laughs> when you get it on their face. Uh, Rock says Starfleet would know what to do, but Jenkins says they ain't Starfleet. Good point. Yeah, and also, like, uh, they have established that it will destroy any Starfleet ship it comes in contact with, so you probably want to stay yeah, far Starfleet away from Starfleet. probably wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, and really, like, bringing it to them would be disastrous. Absolutely. So, suddenly, uh, their ship gives an alarm, and there's a proximity alert. There's a vessel approaching them. They go onto the bridge and see a massive Borg cube in front of them. Mm. It's been a while since we've seen the Borg in any Star Trek. I think since... Uh, Voyager, right? Hello, the Girardi oh, Picard. Shut up. <laughs> I'm talking like an actual Borg dro- Well, no. Do they have any Borg drones on Picard season one? Uh, They had the... Well, they kind of were... They, they cra- had a few, kind of. And... Yeah, they, they had the um the Exos. Right. Okay. And then like, and then in the second season, uh, they had the... um uh, They were... um They kind of assimilated. Girardi kind of assimilated uh, some of the people. Like, and... But they weren't fully assimilated. They were just mm-hmm. controlled by they, the board. They were the Jurati. Well, Remember this is before they were Jurati, yeah. Oh. This is like uh, when they were um, on uh, in the past and they took over the uh, the mercenaries. Mm-hmm. But, right, right. And then, of course, the Borg Queen. So, yeah, I mean, tons of, Borg be popping. Borg do be popping. So, Janeway says they must leave at once. And Dahl asks what a Borg cube is. Uh, that dude. <laughs> Duh. Janeway explains their assimilation process and the fact that they're a hive mind, like the K-Hive, Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. And so we will now be um, referring to the Borg as the K-Hive for the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, this intrigues Zero, as they used to be part of something kind of similar, some kind of hive mind. Uh, Janeway says there are many minds working as one with the only goal of being to elect Kamala Harris to the office of president. And that's working out great. So great. Uh, Now, she says, um, there are many minds working together with the one goal being to eradicate anything that's perceived as a threat, which is kind of, I don't know. So I I think the actual goal of the Borg is to achieve some kind of like perfection through group effort. Mm -hmm. Um, I get why you wouldn't like them, but eradication isn't really necessarily their primary and you could say I, no. It's a sim- yeah, assimilation would be mm-hmm. be the main goal because yeah, they want to increase their numbers, right? And um, which and is they, you know they why they, like why they make the Borg babies. They, yeah, they don't want to just increase their numbers though. They steal technology because they want to like become achieve some sort of like perfection. I yeah, think. Um, which is interesting. You know? Yeah, what do you think their end goal actually is? Have everyone be Borg and have like this a Borgy, a Borgy, a big old Borgy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like, yeah, they're kind of reached the end, I feel, almost of the Borg. They're of, I don't know, I think I feel we need, like, to move on to the, like, greater villains. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this today. So, it has been since they introduced the Borg back in 1990, 
since we've actually gotten like a good new villain in Star Trek that's actually kind of imposing. I like what they're doing with the Gorn on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And so I'm looking forward to that, but that's not a new villain, you know. Uh, no. And, you know, they ruined Klingons. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I look forward to a new race or like good threat because like the threats that they've posed that are like a big threat to the universe are fucking stupid. Like Picard season one, it's the fucking robot octopus from another dimension. Yeah. that And that kind of was just like introduced and then just like mm-hmm. dealt with very, very fast. <laughs> right. And then like, and st- I felt that was kind of like almost the, um, the machine intelligence from Dune almost like uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, Season two, they go right back to the fucking Borg. I know. I'm like, uh Again. This, this was, you're fucking, like, this is 30 years old, 32 years old. Like, yeah. you're, you're fucking wearing out your welcome with this villain. Like, mm-hmm. you have lots of writers. Can they not come up with something new and interesting? Besides, so yeah, like, the, um, the, the zombies, um, Zom- the zombie fit in, you know, just like, yeah, zo- zombie shit's over. No yeah. one cares anymore. Fucking the walking dead killed it. So yeah. don't tech zombies are kind of boring. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of terrifying. What's, what's a good terrifying thing that you could turn into a sci-fi thing. I mean, I, I was interested in like, you know, Voyager had the species eight, four, seven, two. That was, that was cool. And like, very interesting. Like, mm-hmm. like some- cause like, like, and that's another thing they could do is like the extra dimensional more extra dimensional shit. So something that I think would be really cool is like something coming from a higher dimension, Mm -hmm. something they literally can't understand. And so like, you know, as a, um, as we would see or not, we is someone in the second dimension, someone on a piece of paper would see one of us is just like a flat thing getting bigger and smaller. Yeah. And like beyond that, like whatever we did to them would be pure terror to them. Mm -hmm. They could do that on an adult Star Trek in a really interesting way. And like, and the horror Star Trek you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. They could suddenly like, they just like see, you know, something just like a a kind of a circle, like getting bigger and smaller. And they're like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck is that? And suddenly there's like pandemonium, everything's breaking apart. And they're Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then, you know, eventually maybe it takes them half a season or something. They're like, this is something coming from the fourth dimension. Yeah. Like th- this is beyond space time and we can't understand it, mm-hmm. but we have to find some way to get rid of it. And so mm-hmm. maybe they have to travel to a fourth dimension or like come up with a weapon that, you know, uh, works extra, extra dimensionally yeah. or something like that. And you know, it's, there's a lot of shit they could do there. Yeah. I should become a writer for Star Trek. <laughs> it's time I pu- pull that. Pull that yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's lots of, uh, and yeah, like uh, yeah, I think eight, species eight four seven two was sort of extra. But I mean, they 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 kind of I mean, they didn't eradicate them. Yeah. They made sure they wouldn't come back though. Yeah, um, I and that I felt that was kind of a uh, a kind of bad because like they could have been like the next Borg threat because like you know they kind of like you know to defeat the Borg and Voyager and it's just like well it's like okay well why don't we move on to this next thing right and like another thing too that I'm so surprised they haven't like actually like kind of explored is maybe just a race that's kind of just like a ship, a strip mining race, Mm. like, or, or they're just machines that like strip materials and keep moving on. And that's Mm -hmm. all they're there to do. Like, um, you know, Oh, it'd be perfect. A perfect analog. Uh, you ever read or watch the, the fucking uh, cartoon silver surfer. Mm -hmm. So silver surfers origin story. He like is given the powers by this, this, 
guy, this like Galactus Galactus. There you mm-hmm. go. The extra dimensional being who just like goes around the galaxy, just eating planets in order mm-hmm. to gain their power. Mm-hmm. They could translate that to like a race in Star Trek and make it super cool and yeah. scary as fuck yeah. because it like, you know, he doesn't care about people at all. Galactus mm-hmm. like, and they can make these, if you don't see people as people, that's horrifying. You know, yeah. if you only see the resources that they're on, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, beyond the Borg because the Borg, you know, they just look past people, yeah. which, you know, is interesting. And they, but you know, they see certain ones as threats. They see certain ones available to take their technology. That's why I don't understand why they didn't, um, assimilate Gwen at that one point. Gwen yeah. walks right by him because yeah, Gwen is both a threat because of the heirloom, but also like a new species. I don't think they've encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, so and obviously like advanced in a certain way. Like they said, the uniqueness of, of zero was recognized and they were going to assimilate them, but not anyone else. Yeah. Not the fucking rock creature that would be amazing to have as an ally. Yeah. And also like, yeah. And Gwen has like the, the, um, the metal thing that weaves that she can control with her mind. It's like, okay, well that's a cool thing to have. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't know. Why not dog? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, yeah. Borg, we can't, whatever. We can't have the Borgie. Can't have the Borgie. So, um, um, Jenkum says he refuses to be assimilated since he refuses to fly in a box, <laughs> which I think is him admitting that he's, he's gay because he doesn't want to be in that box. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he's against brutalist architecture. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want the, he's like, ugh, don't like it. Which is actually, I mean, brutalist architecture is getting pretty gay again, which is cool. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Janeway suggests they go to warp uh, to evade the Borg, but Gwen suggests that maybe they find a way to get to the Borg to help them to disarm the weapon aboard, since they're so good at finding out ways to disarm weapons to adapt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is an interesting idea. Yeah, way out of their element. Definitely. (laughs) Especially since they're like, have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, Janeway, I feel like, you know, the hologram Janeway should have been like, do not fuck with these guys. Yeah. Like, I believe me, I know. <laughs> so, Dahl says that they need to find a way to disarm the weapon if they ever want to make it to Starfleet. And since this is one of the only ideas they have, they should at least try it. Zero agrees, as the Federation's survival may depend on it. Looking at readings, they say that the Borg appear to be dormant and sleeping within the cube. Dahl says they slip in, slip out, and save Starfleet in the process. Hologram Janeway says she's against the idea, so credit yeah. her at least. But yeah. but if they're going to do it, she wants to brief them on everything she knows. Mm-hmm. So back with the real Janeway, Admiral Janeway, she's ordering tea from the replicator. Tea black. What the fuck. But here's the thing. You can't do that. Hmm. Tea black. That's all she orders. You can order black tea. Just tea black? She doesn't order it hot or cold, though. Oh, yeah. She has to specify. She does. Fucking tea, Earl Grey hot. Yeah. Tea black? That doesn't work. Tea black. Tea black hot. hot, Tea black cold. Yeah. Lots of kinds of tea. Lots of temperatures of tea. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. uh, Someone should get fired for that blunder. Oh, yeah. Well, let's uh, hunt down those brothers and uh, (laughs) make them do a Sophie's Choice. Which brother we eat in front of the other one? Uh, 
That's that. <laughs> that's your punishment, brothers. Choose. You must choose. <laughs> um, so a Trill Ensign approaches her and asks if she is not drinking coffee. Janeway says it's doctor's orders. But tea has just as much caffeine. Is it a caffeine issue? or is It, it like doesn't a- have as much caffeine as coffee. What are you talking about? Yeah, it has good. Uh, black tea does. Black tea doesn't have as much caffeine as coffee. It has like a third of the caffeine, but it still has caffeine. It still has caffeine, but it's yeah. like, that's why I mean, it's it's, it, yeah, she could get it like a half calf or a quarter calf or something like that. She yeah. could get coffee just with the caffeine removed or can the replicator not make decaf? Yeah. And yeah. Or also it could be like a, um, just like, uh, stomach issue with the coffee. Who knows? That's true. It actually could be a stomach acid issue. I, yeah. I actually used to have that cause I used to drink black coffee when I was like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to drink like um, like th- uh, a thirty two ounce of cold black coffee like almost every day. Hell yeah! And but I, I wouldn't eat breakfast or anything, and so oh. it was just like throwing acid directly into my stomach every morning. <laughs> and I got to the point where like every single morning I was dry heaving for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, what? Why? I don't even. Why am I so nauseous? So I kept on going to doctors, and like I have no idea. And then I told one of them my routine, and they're like, oh. You moron, you stupid idiot. Yeah, stop <laughs> drinking so much fucking coffee. And I'm, I did, and I'm, it fixed up immediately. So. That's what I, that's what I like doing on my days off, just like filling my body with as much black coffee as I possibly can. It's a good feel. It is a good feel. Mm-hmm. But I do I do eat. I put, I'm going to make that's some good. biscuits tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got my veggie sausages. Cool. It's going to be fucking rocking. Sounds good. Yeah. Fucking vegan. <laughs> Shit. Uh, <laughs> so, um... Janeway and the Trill Ensign enter Med Bay and ask the doctor how their patient is. He says he's coming out of stasis. And Jason Alexander. Uh, yeah, apparently Jason Alexander's the doctor, which you can barely recognize, which is interesting. I can kind of hear it. Yeah, kind of hear it. Did you um, ever watch uh, Duckman? Briefly, yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of. I kind of hear some Duckman mm-hmm. almost like, but yeah, he's kind of like make. He is disguising his voice a lot. Yeah, you can kind of hear it at some points. Mm-hmm. A little bit of George in there. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so the Diviner mumbles that someone took his daughter, and Admiral Janeway is incredulous about this. He mumbles about his mission, how he has to, quote, save them. Janeway asks if the Diviner can hear her, and the doctor says it isn't likely. Janeway says they need to wake him up, and the doctor is a huge dickhead about not understanding his neurological system functions, let alone his species. Mm-hmm. So the ensign suggests that the soup they found him in contained a life-sustaining bioserum. She suggests if they replicate it, they might be able to revive him. Janeway likes this idea. The doctor says he wishes he knew how to kiss tail like that, which is just a, he's such a fucking dickhead for no reason. This doctor's just a piece of shit. I I think it is keeping him like a Starfleet tradition of having like shithead doctor, doctor, yeah, doctor. dickhead doctors. <laughs> I don't um, like suppose it seems like uh, doctors are just the most curmudgeonly people in Starfleet. They are, and they're all racist, and they're all just pieces <laughs> of shit. Like, all except like uh, Crusher and Bashir. They're the most. Uh, yeah, they're, no, they're, they're, they're the nice. They're great. Oh, and Flocks too. Flocks. Oh, and Flocks. Yeah. Flocks oh, of course. Yeah. Flocks is like me. He's one of my favorite doctors. I mean, he e- rules. E- EMH too. Yeah, EMH. Well, EMH, EMH is curmudgeonly though. Oh yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah. He, he loves complaining. I do love the. I do love uh, EMH, but yeah, Doctor Fox is 
endlessly positive and also just like encourages people to fuck his wife and <laughs> yeah eats pussy like a champion yeah exactly we love dr flux yeah fucking yeah flock be, be like flocks yeah like he says something to live by there so and fuck like flocks too more importantly mm-hmm. um so janeway asks how long to their next destination and it's a few hours janeway orders the doctor to explore the serum idea and says, the sooner he recovers, the sooner they'll have answers. Mm. Um, the protostar, back with the protostar, flies into the Borg cube, and hologram Janeway ruminates on how the Borg cube seems to have gone dark for a reason. Mm. A neurolytic pathogen disabled the Borg's nanoprobes and shut down their drones. So going in is risky, but still doable. And I kind of wondered if this was maybe like the same thing that uh, the disease or whatever that Janeway mm-hmm. released on them in season seven of Voyager. But obviously it's not because they like come out of stasis pretty easy. Yeah. And I feel, also feel like at that point, like, um, you know, hologram Janeway would have also been programmed with that knowledge. True. Very yeah. true. Um, so uh, hologram Janeway tells the crew to act harmless in order to be ignored by the Borg. The crew enters the Borg Hume and Rock finds it spooky. <laughs> but Jenkum says it's an engineer's dream and begins noticing all the tech. This, uh, which is whatever. Uh, as he's hugging a console, Gwen tells him to look up and it's no, none other than a sleeping Borg. Sleeping Borg. Uh, Zero says they wouldn't want to be here when they wake up and the camera pans around to show us a ton of Borg drones in their regeneration chambers asleep. And they decide to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Zero says the cube contains knowledge of a thousand assimilated worlds and they need to find the viniculum to access it, which I think is a part of the vagina, isn't it? Probably. Oh. Or like a, is, or the, something the, or I was thinking the speculum. That's the thing that used during a viniculum. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe that's something, I think the viniculum is what you use to gape. Mm. Yeah. We'll, we'll just say that. That's yeah. <laughs> so they come to a dead end uh, that seems to lead upward to the nerve center, but there's no sort of turbo lift or stairs to get there, which is weird to me. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, but then again, maybe the Borg are smart and they just beam around the ship like they probably should. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, Dahl misses a pipe and almost falls, but Rock catches them, which is weird because I feel like Dahl never misses a pipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> is that talking about sucking dick or smoking weed? How about he both? He uses that little um, that tail on the back of his neck on the oh, head no. and he's like, Oh yeah, because it's that's a little tickler right there. Yeah, it's, it's, is it prehensile? Like, can he can he move it? Can yes. he grab? Can he grab? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. They come to it. Uh, Dom. No. Uh, they make it up to the floor uh, where the nerve center is and find the viniculum uh, through which all the Borg minds connect and mm. gape their assholes. Dahl says he hopes they're smart enough to help them when uh, get the weapon off the protostar. Jenkum says to stand aside while he works his hack jick, which mm. was almost a good line. But then I'm like, no. Yeah, I don't know if that works. Yeah. As he looks for something to plug into, plug his dick into. <laughs> uh, he can't find a console, a keyboard, or a joystick. Uh, and Dahl walks over to a lit ring and says that somebody has to plug themselves into the collective as he whips out his <laughs> penis. 
And he doesn't whip out his penis, unfortunately. No. What do you think Doll's penis looks like? For legal reasons, I probably won't speculate on a 17-year-old. <laughs> speckled, you said? Speculate. I heard speckled. Speckled. <laughs> yeah, I think he's speckled. <laughs> I think it is like his head. It's probably purple and speckled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, so he's purple. So do you think the head is purple or do you think it's like regular flesh colored? That's a good question. Yeah. You, know, you know, we should definitely go to like a um, the next panel they do for this show and be like, I have a question. <laughs> Just like, what do you think doll's penis looks no, like? It specifically ask the, the voice actor if he's there and just like, and get it, get an answer until like, um, they drag you out kicking and screaming and tase you <laughs> and throw you in the street. You know, honestly doing stuff like that would actually get us a lot of exposure in the star Trek world. I'm not sure if the good exposure though. I mean, I give all types of bad public exposure all the time. <laughs> you can't get on a list twice. You know what I'm saying? I think they would definitely. <laughs> I think they would definitely bring back like the mobs with uh, the torches <laughs> and have them outside your house. <laughs> Are you talking about the the fucking white replacement mobs or whatever? <laughs> no, I was thinking of the Frankenstein mobs. Oh, you know, okay. like. Firebird. Firebird. So yeah. uh, Gwen says that nobody is being assimilated. And Rock pleads uh, that there has to be another way than jacking into the Borg cube. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> jacking off to the Borg cube. <laughs> um, Jinkum says he thinks he speaks for everybody when he says, not it, which was actually a good line. Yeah. And Gwen says, it's not a joke that whoever goes in might not come. Mm-hmm. Back, come, ooh, <laughs> come, come back shots, come back shot. Suddenly, Zero says that uh, that they once belonged to a hive mind, the K hive, and they know how strong it is, uh, just like a strong black woman in office, <laughs> suggesting if anyone has a chance at resisting strong urge to do harassment online, <laughs> <laughs> suggesting that if anybody has a chance at resisting the Borg, it's a cop in a pantsuit. Nice burp. That was weird. Thank you. Uh, suggesting that if anyone has a chance at resisting the Borg, it's a zero themselves. Mm-hmm. Dahl says if there's anything that happens that zero doesn't like to come out immediately, which I think is the reason for a safe word, really. You don't, yeah. you don't just say come out of it. You give them like... Upholstery. Upholstery? I actually use park bench. Park bench. Park bench is great because it's two syllables, right? Mm. Upholstery is, I think, too many syllables. Because like, it's true. if someone has their mouth covered, like, you can't, you can't tell what that is. Whereas, it's a lot easier. Oh, yeah. to Park yeah. bench. Yeah, it's a lot easier with your mouth covered. Oil can. Yeah, you only want two <laughs> syllables max. Okay. And you, you do want a two-syllable word because one is like, if it's just like bench, it's like. Like you can't mm. understand that at all. Whereas if it's two syllables, there's a rhythm to that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there's that's there, that's smart. There's actually a lot to consider uh, when it comes to finding a safe word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to the children's <laughs> show. <laughs> back to the Nickelodeon show meant yeah. for twelve year olds. Yeah. Uh, more, more, more like Dickelodeon. <laughs> more like beep Nickelodeon. <laughs> a what a Lodian? <laughs> um, so back on the protostar, hologram Janeway notices that the Borg are scanning the ship and ask the crew for a status report. They don't respond, and Janeway says, "Whatever they're doing, the Borg are waking up, and they need to 
hurry, making breakfast. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the viculum lights up, and the Borg drones begin emerging from their regeneration pods. Daw pleads with Zero to wake up and unjack off from the hive mind. Is Gwyn asks Janeway if she can beam them out, and the uh, but the cube's defenses are interfering with their transporter. The Borg enter the room. And Dahl says that they have to go, but Rock protests that they can't just leave Zero. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, a shark man Borg steps forward and tells them that resistance is futile. Yeah, I've never seen that species before. I don't. I haven't either, but it's awesome. It's like he's a shark man with like fins on both sides of his head and the top of his head. Yeah, it's guess, pretty sick. Yeah, he looks kind of like a hammerhead shark person or something. It's, yeah, it's really from cool. street, from street, street sharks. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a Borg sharks. It's a, I mean. That's how, the, that's how the Borg learned the word Jossum. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. From the K-Hive. Yeah, from the K-Hive. So now we have street sharks working for Kamala Harris in this episode, which is really some... And Kamala Harris hasn't answered the questions why the street sharks get to continue destroying our public st- roads and streets. True. Like we also, they, I, I gotta say, have not seen her birth certificate yet. Yeah, we don't. she could be a street shark. She could be a street shark. <laughs> but I always thought that was fucked up on street sharks. Like, the sharks just, like just like burrowed through all the streets and destroyed them like they, with their fins coming out of the streets. And then like, so they pretty much just like made all of the entire city completely undrivable. Yeah. Are you, what do you, what do you hate so much about uh, the road paving and reconstruction crews and their, their unions? That's true. I mean, that's he's, true. he's providing so many jobs to that city. Are those three street sharks are providing. Or maybe, so- oh, you know what? That's true. Maybe they could be very pro public transportation. They're trying to get, they're trying to get trains built in the city because they because yeah. they know how much how much more convenient and yeah. efficient and green and, and green uh, trains are as yeah, opposed like, to motor vehicles. We care about the ocean because we're sharks. Oh my god! It's but making we're going sense. to destroy the street for the ocean. Wow! They're yeah, anti street so, sharks. So so like yeah. So there there people will stop driving cars and poisoning the sky that then rains acid rain down into the ocean and kills and hurts our sharks. Absolutely. And stops oil drilling, and and uh, and that also kills tons of sharks. Wow! So yeah, they were doing some really like direct action shit. Like they were very heavy praxis. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, good, street, for, you know, good for them. Street good sharks. For them. Street sharks were not some some namby pamby little DSA bitches. Like they no. were, they were fucking like communists. They were just like I uh, I hate these streets. They are. Uh, the uh, car culture is sending us down a suicidal uh, like path that we can't get off from. Mm-hmm. So I will use use it as my main tra- mode of transportation, and I will destroy it every single street with my fin coming up, causing like huge lines and uh, make you know make it all dangerous. You know, fucking quite, heroes, fucking, fucking real heroes. heroes. Yeah, you know, good those, for- those are like they they took the Captain Planet concept to another level, really. Yeah, really more. Yeah, more so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Captain Planet. Like he, and he only appeared to just like punch people, but he never actually changed any sort of no, policy. He, no, he never like changed any of the hierarchies. All he did is he would show up to prevent like absolute catastrophe. Yeah. He didn't like stop global warming in any way. But the or, fact like, that they were content that he continued to allow people like, um, um, hoggish greedly 
yeah, uh, to, to continue to exist and to continue polluting. Right, but I mean, like Hoggish Greedly is absolutely nothing compared to like Exxon Mobil or Shell. Yeah, like Hoggish Greedly is just like he's a dump- symptom. Yeah, he's just dumping nuclear waste into like two different lakes around the world, mm-hmm. whereas fucking Exxon Mobil is like poisoning the world's water supply yeah. and fucking like destroying our atmosphere every single day and captain planet doesn't give a fuck about them because guess why <laughs> ted turner created <laughs> captain planet and guess who fucking advertises on uh all of ted turner's goddamn networks mm. cnn uh tnt tbs fucking all that shit wow. it's goddamn oil companies yeah like he he is pretty yeah he all all captain planet would do is just punch the people because it that obviously the problem was we just needed good people to be in charge yeah, of our ju- nuclear waste dumping we, we just need a little bit of violence towards a couple couple people we yeah, don't the, need the, to the, change the, the these figureheads yeah 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 and just like these these people that can easily like because it's like that's the thing the hierarchies are doesn't matter because like you punch one, you punch one hoggish greedily enough and then he you know he moves on he's displaced yeah. but then like another hoggish greedily can easily just take that place exactly. like yeah punching donald trump isn't going to stop <laughs> anything like because yeah. you have your ron DeSantis's and yeah all these other pe- tom cottons all these other people that are probably worse that can mm-hmm. take their place another hog yeah ho- hoggish and not as funny not, no, as, not funny. as funny not as funny which is like i hope that <laughs> i honestly hope that Donald Trump exists for another hundred years <laughs> just so he can be in every single election because I, I will not be able to stand an election with a boring ass Democrat <laughs> pitted against an equally boring Republican. Yeah. I just, I can't take that. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll probably do something like he'll, you know, do the robot body thing. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Like that'd be cool. Yeah. In a bad give, way. Give him some sick abs <laughs> and a giant dick. <laughs> it's even smaller than the one I had when I was. No, nice. it, has, it has to be huge, and then like, uh, yeah, just and he won't wear pants. It's always Never. Just, it's always just dangling. Or, or he does wear pants, but he just like keeps them open, and the dick is just like <laughs> flopping out. Yeah, yeah, just like just swinging around like a grandfather clock. And then like you know, five cool teens come and dump Captain Planet to punch him every now and again, but doesn't do anything. Yeah, and they all wear jewelry and shit. Yeah, and symbolic about their mm-hmm. love for the planet and one of them's like i'm heart and they're like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> yeah be 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 a street shark not a captain planet i guess 100 percent. there we go that's that's that is the uh, that's where that tangent goes yeah uh, be a street shark i'm gonna write that down uh, not a captain planet also, street sharks also just also just wanted to be radical too. They just wanted to like do their extreme sports, like radical in like a climate way. Radical in a climate way, yeah. They're radical radi- climate action. They like that's they well they radical make, climate action. <laughs> they did <laughs> radical climate action and then also radical sports, radical and uh, that so that's cool. That is very cool. So, yeah. um, Dahl pulls out a phaser and his cock and shoots one of the Borg and it drops. He says they're not so tough. And the whole crew begins blasting and pulling out their cocks. <laughs> but they've already adapted to their phasers mm-hmm. and their cocks. Didn't they come up with like the, um, um, that, that's like, I, sh- I feel that should be standardized um, Starfleet technology now where they have the. Um, Oscillating. Yeah. Oh. They, where it just con- it constantly changes its, uh, its uh, phaser frequency to, to deal with the Borg. Because now like, you know, Starfleet's now like pro- uh, pro- are pros at. Fighting the Borg. True. That should be maybe an option, but a lot of the time you'll see that they need to, uh, like use a certain frequency to counteract another frequency with their phasers. Mm -hmm. 
Um, especially on like TNG and stuff like that. So yeah. they do need the ability to set it to a f- certain frequency. Mm. So it would make sense to have a mode for their phaser that like set it on Board kill, mode. oscillating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, and Janeway should have uh, probably told him that. And Jane- also, also, like, I feel like if they're encountering the Borg, they should maybe only bring melee weapons. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's, the Borg, why, that's why Worf just kept bringing the Mokleth with him. Which like, makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah bring a, a Batleth, Motleth, sword, fucking mm-hmm. hammer. What a, Rock <laughs> with a fucking hammer crushing Borg would have been sick and totally inappropriate just do, just for a children's do, just, show. Just doing an old boy shit with it. Oh my god. <laughs> just going, going to town on a on a Borg with a hammer. Yeah. That like, assimilate been. this. <laughs> just going straight <laughs> the Gall- famous line. Gallagher with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a giant, yeah, just a giant sledgehammer. Uh, That'd be sick. Yeah, that would have been rocking. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah, it would not, not fit into the show for 12-year-olds. Mm. But maybe it should. Maybe kids need to learn, you know, what really works. Yeah, you grow know? up. <laughs> grow up. You know, if you fight an impossible enemy. That grow can- up. Next season's TV 14, whether you like it or not, <laughs> you little bitch. Also, like, I feel like just, like, regular guns would just come in handy at this point. That's very true. It's like, that, yeah, we never <laughs> see a regular gun of any Except in, in uh, First Contact when he uses it in the holodeck. Right, right. Yeah. But that's on the holiday. <laughs> that's just that's what was in one of the most insane Picard moments, mm-hmm. just because he's just like firing a machine gun and just going screaming. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it's just like doing a whole Rambo thing. But it's just like you know, it's your Picard. You don't do this. Yes, he does. He does in the movies. <laughs> so um, Gwyn wonders if they can adapt to the heirloom and begins beating them with it, but they soon adapt, which is, I don't know how they do that. Yeah. Uh, Rock tells everybody to keep switching their phaser frequencies. The Borg get close, and Rock begins fistfighting them, which seems to work. Jenkin blasts one with a hand torch, but then accidentally destroys a bridge cable with it, which, a couple things here. First off, fire would work great against the Borg as well, I think. So there's, yeah. there's definitely that. Yeah, so the motherfucker's Al- on fire. Although they can exist, like, in space, so maybe not. Yeah, but it would still probably consume their organic parts. I guess so. Yeah. And then, like, uh, possibly incapacitate them. But also, what the fuck is this bridge cable made out of that it, it, like, incinerates in, like, a matter of seconds? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, part of the bridge with Gwyn on it begins to collapse, and the board get closer. So, Dahl shoots the other cable, dropping, uh, or collapsing the bridge, that part of the bridge, and dropping Gwyn to a lower floor just as the rest of the crew gets captured by the Borg. And Dahl tells her to get away while she still can. Hmm. Now we're back with uh, Zero, and uh, they're in the Borg hive mind, the uh, K-hive, and Borg asks them to give themselves over to the collective. And she's like, no, I'm voting for Buttigieg. <laughs> I, I just actually uh, misgendered Zero. Zero is a they, them. Sorry. Yes. Zero says they need to get rid of a weapon, and the Borg call it the Living Construct, which is a sick name for it. Yeah, feel pretty sure that's a Magic the Gathering card. That sounds right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> or or like a fucking uh, um, uh, enchanted item on Diablo Two. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I loved uh, when I played it, played Magic. I loved using artifacts, and I think Living Construct was one of them. That sounds right. Um. So Zero says. Um, if the living construct is a danger to the Federation, it could one day be a danger to the Borg. And the Borg decide that they'll just assimilate the ship and use the living construct to assimilate their enemies instead, which I think is kind of weird since 
I don't think the Borg really think about things in terms of enemies versus allies or friends since mm-hmm. like in all but two cases, they've been like just the natural predator of something. Yeah. It's like, they're not intrinsically evil. Yeah. They don't do politics at all. They're not yeah. like, this is our friend. This is our enemy. They're just like, is this race useful? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're a machine essentially. Yeah. So, and you know, they, they don't, they don't fuck around with, trivial little things like are they good or bad yeah that's why yeah like i think we've mentioned before like how like the queen kind of undoes the concept of the borg in a way because like the the queen does add sort of like a sinister element to them where they're Mm -hmm. where they have like um a hierarchy a a hierarchy and then like also like intention right to um to do something that's bad right whereas before like they're just kind of like acting in from a more neutral yeah. state like, like a machine basically. like a machine yeah which is understandable and it it has the same kind of terror behind the borg that you have behind something like skynet mm-hmm. you know like a, a, just something that isn't human and doesn't understand humans which is why they think humanity must end yeah. because like a how yeah but yeah because from an outside perspective like humanity sucks and is dumb and should die yeah yeah like we're not good for anything no where we destroy things <laughs> and we're bad for things. Yeah. At least right now. Maybe yeah. In the like, Star Trek future. That's in not Star Trek future. Me. Yeah. I think we're doing more net good. Yeah. Like, but right now we're just doing like capitalism in different <laughs> shitty ways. <laughs> yeah. And that's just about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, zero says that that's, uh, not what they want, but the Borg says that's irrelevant and their crew will be assimilated to advance the Borg. Mm. Back with Gwyn, she pages everybody and asks where they are. Hologram Janeway says they've all been captured, and she doesn't have long until the Borg assimilate them, and she'll have to get them to them soon to save them. Gwyn insists that she has to get Zero, uh, since they can tell the hive mind to let the crew go. Kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah. Uh, Janeway reminds her that if they don't see her as a threat, they'll ignore her, so she puts away her heirloom. Gwen walks nervously against a tide of Borg drones walking the other direction, and one looks at her suspiciously for a few seconds before continuing forward. Yeah, she sees, this is the point where I feel like they should have like recognized that her distinctiveness is, does not belong to the Borg, right? And be like, oh, we need to assimilate her. Yeah, we need, especially that heirloom is like technology that is useful and interesting to us. Yeah, imagine the every single Borg with one of those heirlooms, mm-hmm. they could do crazy shit. Yeah, or yeah, just like they and like probably convert like a lot of their bodies to that. Where well, like, yeah, because um, Borg famously uh, left eye is on the design of like ninety five percent of them, just the laser, and mm-hmm. then right hand is a specialized tool for their class. Mm-hmm. And if each of them just had an heirloom there, they wouldn't have to have that specialized tool because they could all be specialists, which yeah. would be, I think, super helpful to their society. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, so. yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there. Yeah, the, yeah, the sort of like yeah, con- continuously mel- uh, morphing metal. Yeah, it could also add like like uh, different uses to their ship's design and all that stuff. Yeah, because I mean, it already seems like because their ships are already self repairing. But imagine if they were like morphing. That'd be yeah. nuts. So uh, Gwincy is doll on her scanner and runs in that direction. Gwyn finds the crew and they're on some slabs being prepared for assimilation. And I noticed right before this that, like, all of the Borg here have really small butts. 
Mm-hmm. And so I assume part of assimilation is like cutting off your ass or cutting yeah. off your ass cheeks. Yeah, if you got a juicy jump, dump truck, they don't want it. No, they definitely don't want that onion booty. No. Uh, which is why you never see any spicy Latina women or black women as Borg. Think about that. Mm. Have you? No, you haven't. No, you haven't. In fact, I don't know if I've seen any black Borg. Really. Well, yeah. uh, no, there was, uh, well, there's Exos and um, and uh, Picard. We didn't, those didn't count. They were French too, weren't they? Oh, no, they went to France. Yeah. That whole thing, we don't talk about that episode. No. <laughs> that episode was phenomenally bad. Yeah, like, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess like they do, they, they don't like, you know, the big butts. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why. Is that mm. just. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe they just It'd don't just be- fit in the regeneration sleeping chambers if they've got a booty too big <laughs> and stick out a little bit. Um, I mean, I did like, uh, um, though, I will say I did like a lot of the Borg designs on some of these. Oh, yeah, the they Borg. were great. And some of the like the species they were were really cool. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they went from just mm-hmm. like just having just humanoid, which mm-hmm. is like which you typically see like the Borg are typically just like human. Right. Uh, uh, like not, not even like a humanoid species, just human. With or, the or maybe Vulcan or Ron, Ron. something super Bajoran, human looking. Yeah. 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 And like, so you, yeah, you don't get to see like too much of the different species we have out there and mm-hmm. like you don't see like, you know, Frangy Borg. Or yeah. Which is crazy. Cause like you figure if they got to like the Jem Hadar, the Jem Hadar would be perfect Borgs. Yeah. That'd be nice. Especially if they could get over the Ketrasol white thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, it, but it did see like in a lot of the Borg designs, they had like a lot of different like headgear and stuff that seemed pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. kind of made them seem a little scarier. Yeah. There were some Borg here with like interesting things that weren't just the light over the eye, like mm-hmm. pretty much all previous Borg designs. Yeah. A lot, a lot of face masks, which you don't yeah, see yeah. too much. Yeah. And like yeah. they had a lot of fa- like almost looked, uh, kind of like the Hellraiser <laughs> type. <laughs> a dudes. little bit. Yeah. Some of them yeah. did look like, uh, nanobite type things yeah so um <clears throat> so the borg are about to cut all the crew's asses off mm-hmm. and suddenly zero shows up but their eye is green and they say resistance is futile as they've clearly been assimilated mm-hmm. and they didn't have an ass so they didn't need to cut the ass off mm-hmm. uh Gwen tells zero to fight the collective and zero says the old zero hurt and endangered them and that zero is now borg just as Zero's drill hand is about to go into Jenkim, uh, they stop and say they will not hurt others anymore, but instead they will assimilate them into the collective as they start right back up. And Jenkim protests going like, oh, no haircut. <laughs> uh, if I recall correctly, this was a joke that was lifted directly from Picard season one. Like exactly. The, uh, like the, oh, I'm not going to hurt you. Instead, I'm going to assimilate you and then start right back up. It was, was it? Yeah. Like, I, I think it was Picard season one. I might be wrong. It might might have been like, I don't know, Voyager or something. This joke has definitely been 100% in Star Trek before, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gwyn pleads with Zero, saying we all get hurt, but it's the risk we all take for revealing pieces of ourselves to each other. But what they did trying to protect them was an act of love. And if there's any remaining part of Zero that's still listening, to protect them and the crew, again, and break free of the Bork hold. Gwyn says resistance is not futile, and Zero, in the K-Hive, says they will resist, because they are already part of a collective 
stronger than the Borg will ever be, and they break free and vote for Joe Brandon. <laughs> the end. Now, um, so uh, Zero breaks free, uh, returning to normal. Suddenly, Zero's essence sweeps out along the cube and lulls all of the Borg into a dormant state. Mm. Gwen tells Zero she thought they'd lost them, but Zero hugs her and says they've already found their collective. Dahl says that that's great, but they need to get out of there. They run back to the ship and fly away, hologram Janeway saying she's had enough Borg for two lifetimes, which is weird because hologram Janeway isn't alive and has not had a lifetime at all. I think she was referring to uh, the real Janeway. Which makes me wonder, does Hologram Janeway have just all of regular Janeway's memories? Probably. She probably does. So, because people are all a combination of their memory and stuff, does she have, like, all the same needs and stuff that the regular Janeway? She does drink a lot of coffee, even though she can't drink coffee. I guess where I'm getting to this is, how do you think Hologram Janeway masturbates? (laughs) You you think she's got, like, a hologram, like, um... Hitachi Wander. Uh, well, she probably has like that, uh, that, the dude from the Irish town. Oh, you oh, know, so because, because now that now, you know, now she can have now she's a hologram herself as well. So mm-hmm. she can have them all. And so, she deleted the wife. I just listened to the, um, the fucking, uh, uh, Delta Flyers podcast mm-hmm. on that. It was, it was pretty fun. Oh, nice. Pretty fun. And it was, uh, it was recorded like on Halloween. So, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wang were actually like wearing their costumes from the episode, basically. Oh, hell yeah. It. it was pretty fun. Yeah, um, she br- yeah, she brought on the, all the kids are on away mission. She's probably like, gets that Irish guy and he's like, he's like, these, you're, hit, you're, hit these back. Wow. You're my dildo and your wife is dead. <laughs> what wife? I don't remember a wife. It's, it's okay. I changed your <laughs> parameters <laughs> to not remember. And the doctor said that's wrong. <laughs> that's actually a really good episode. So, so one of my favorite parts of that episode is like, there's actually a, an interesting moral quandary in which, um, you know, Janeway's talking to the doctor and the doctor is like, listen, you obviously can't fuck anybody on the ship because you're their boss. Yeah. And you obviously can't fuck any like rando alien. We just meet on a planet that you're going to know for one day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you should fuck the dude in the holodeck. And it's a really, like, I don't know, kind of insightful and, like, very human kind of way to deal with this. Yeah. And re- recognizing, like, you know, she's in a, <clears throat> that the situation, you know, she still has, you know, human needs. Yeah. And, and the situation is not allowing her to express those needs, and, yeah. except for, you know, in the holodeck. <laughs> Getting boned down by the Irish widower. Yeah. I would, you know, I think, I think, though, like, it would have made sense if she did, like, hook up with Chakotay. It would have, especially, well, that's the thing too, is like, it wouldn't have made sense really if she was his boss, Yeah, which is why I think, and this is something. That's why I feel it's like, because they're in an extreme situation though, like yeah. kind of like some of those rules are. Well, so, uh, one of the things that I want to say Brandon Braga really pushed for when they were creating the series is, uh, he said that he thought that the Maquis should remain separate. So they should be on the crew but kind of as a separate thing, just like the Bajorans are to Starfleet mm, yeah. on DS9, mm-hmm. which I think would have made sense. And also given them a lot more opportunity for stuff like that. Yeah. Cause at that point she's not his boss. Maybe, yeah, he is like the first officer or whatever, but he's still working for my key interests. 
just in the interest of getting back home. And that would have been cool too, just like uh, just visually, like also like they don't adopt the Starfleet uniform. Yeah, and also it would have made sure, probably I think, that Chakotay didn't become a huge fucking cop because yeah. Chakotay after the first season is just like, oh, I'm Starfleet now. Hey, Harry. Hey, hey, Tom. You keep fucking up. I'm a cop. I'm gonna tell you the rules. Stop fucking up. It is weird. Yeah, it is weird because you expect, like, as a Maquis, you would have some sort of like revolutionary flair. Yeah, yeah, him. exactly. And, and he has. It, but at least he, has he would no, be fun or not care about the rules, but he cares about the rules more than anybody. And he has no passion. It seems no. Like he's very just like. Hmm. His passion is for the way of his people. For the way of his people, yeah. But he has no like, you know, like, pat like a uh, passion that would have logically led him to the Maquis in the first place. Very true. Like uh, some sort of idealism, but um, but yeah, I think yeah, that would have been that would have been cool just to have have them cohabitating on the ship, just in their own uniforms and kind of obeying, kind of just working, well, working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. So. Zero escapes the the hive mind. Um, uh, decide, eh, eh, yeah. Uh, so Zero escapes the hive mind, and they said uh, they listened to a friend, and that's how they got out. And while they may have harmed others in the past, they now choose to save, and that the protostar is much akin in that it could destroy Starfleet, but it still could be used for good. Jenkum sighs and asks if they're not going to Starfleet, and Dahl says not until they can get there safely and disarm the weapon. Mm-hmm. Jenkum asks, or sorry, Jenkum says they can uh, tell Dahl who he is, but he says that answer will always be there at Starfleet. It just might take a little longer. Suddenly, a distress signal sounds. Rock asks if they can go help and answer the call, and Dahl says that five minds are better than one. But Murph protests. So Dahl says, five and a half minds. Whoa. That is some racism, dog. Half half a mind? Half a mind? And just because he can't he, like, recognize. Homie, homie, ju- homie just made the one half compromise by himself, which is not okay. Like, we have learned from history that no person is a fraction of a person mm-hmm. unless they're like missing some limbs and then we can make jokes about that. But, like, come on, man. What the fuck? What the fuck, doll? That's some racist shit. Yeah, I mean... You should... You should. He should know more than anyone not to be racist, because no one even has any idea what the fuck he is. Yeah. Yeah? Murph is, uh, you know, he, he's probably, he doesn't express his intelligence in a, in a way that, you know, that a humanoid species may not even recognize. Yeah, Murph is just nonverbal and chill. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Leave Murph alone. Yeah, Murph knows what, what, what he's doing. Murph's a homie. Yeah. So, uh, Zero says that they may not yet be ready for Starfleet, but they're ready to take orders, Captain. Janeway tells Dahl he's growing and adapting. And he says, yeah, my dick is growing and adapting. (laughs) Um, And Dahl says, what can he say? Resistance is futile. (laughs) Next, since somewhere else in the universe in the galaxy, uh, Janeway's Admiral Janeway's ship comes out of warp and we get a log <clears throat> saying Admiral's log stardate six, one, two, eight, four dot three. We arrived at CR seven 21 only to make a frightening discovery, a helpless Starfleet relay station decimated, no sign of survivors. 
the Captain Chakotay I know could never do this. I fear he's lost command of the Protostar, and whoever gave this order must be stopped. It then shows the Diviner on his biobed, and suddenly his vitals start peaking as he awakens. Mm. That's the episode. What'd you think? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I'm wondering if that is, if uh, the Diviner, when he wakes up, he will just be manipulating Janeway into... Um, Oh, definitely. Admiral like, Janeway? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, just be like, oh, they need to be stopped. Look what they did to me. They took my daughter. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll know how to manipulate them. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I am kind of, you know, a little Borg exhausted. Like, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, Voyager, I think, put a good pin mm-hmm. on the Borg. And so I think this, I think this is just going to be a one-off episode. And if so, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's fine if they. It does seem the like they're just like, well, that was the Borg. Now let's get on here. Right, and also, especially since this is like you know a flagship Star Trek children's show, mm-hmm. like this is a good way to introduce the Borg to a brand new generation. Yeah, yeah. So I, I liked it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, and there are some you know logical fallacies and I think inconsistencies with the Borg and stuff like that. That yeah, fine. But uh, yeah, overall, pretty good. I yeah. It. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Alrighty, with that, do you want to get into the Klingon word of the day? Let's do it. Alrighty. Today's Klingon word of the day is de. De? De. De. Means to pay for. So you could say Elon Musk wants you to de. $8 for Twitter. $8 pay. Wait, how that? <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to de Twitter. So yeah, that's what I could say. Yeah. Never dare pornography online. Ne- yeah, never dare pornography and don't dare Twitter. Definitely. Yeah, don't things. don't do it. Don't don't get the verification badge. Indeed. All right. Well, with the Klingon word of the day, I think it's time for some subspace transmissions. You ready? Hells yeah. Let's get into subspace. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Hey, it's Subspace Transmissions. It's that part of the show where I scour online and find things people say about the episode we just watched. Oh boy. And we talk about them. Well, there's no reviews for this quite yet because, you know, it's a brand new episode that came out today. Oh, yeah. But we will go ahead and read some stuff people said about it recently. Damn, people are writing writing oh, a lot for this. You have no idea. There's like a couple people who I don't even like take stuff from anymore because they just write way too much. So, <laughs> um, um, so the, the image work says 14 hours ago. I love, 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 love this episode and what Prodigy is doing in general, but damn. This is easily the most earnestly menacing the Borg have looked since and felt since first contact, combining the best of their original intimidation from TNG with the late Voyager and Picard claustrophobia and ominousness as ambience. 
Even in an episode purposefully designed to show off how incomprehensibly big a Borg ship really is inside, it constantly feels like the walls are closing in every single scene. Even more horrifying, Janeway's switch to T, foreshadowed years ago by Grandma Janeway in Endgame. Mm. The immediate concern from the ensign is palpable. Yeah, I think if I had to give up coffee, I think that would be... Oh, I... That would be the end of me. Yeah. Be like, no. <laughs> also, for its flaws, I actually really like that it spoke to the point that Gerardi will one day make to the Borg Queen in Picard, of all things, that finally starts us down the road towards peace with the Borg. You long for what we all long for. Connection, longevity, discovery. Only you offer it without choice. Here, the collective tries to manipulate Zero into joining their collective, then slowly closes the jaws off to trap on them, not actually letting it be Zero's choice. This is ultimately what backfires again on the Borg. So Gwyn was able to reach through to the parts of Zero that didn't want this, to the parts that were hurting, and offered resolution, kindness, and friendship. Which, I don't know if you can, I don't know if I buy being unassimilated by someone just talking to you. Yeah, I mean, it's a kid show, so like the power of friendship can do anything. Right, and also, <laughs> also like, Zero's non-corporeal, so I guess I can buy that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was... Nothing really, because, like, the Borg rely on, like, yeah, there's physical. Nothing, yeah, there's no nanites or anything biomechanical. Like, Oh, and that's something I wanted to bring up. They didn't use any of the instantly replicating nanobite, nan- nanites on them. Yeah, which is weird, because they usually just stick that right up their nose or put it on their neck. Yeah, and- just, like, yeah, when they, once they come up to, once yeah, like, like once they, like, captured them, they could have just, like, hit them with, like, beep, you know, yep. a little syringe and instantly mm. um, assimilated them, but they didn't. But then again, you know, we needed them. Get their asses shaved off. Yeah, you know, uh, story or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, where were we here? Uh, they're defeated by the Protostar's interpersonal connections, their desire to, s- to discover the universe and Federation together, and to hopefully make a positive difference in the galaxy that will leave a mark long after the ship flies off. Without any physical processes to manipulate resistance levels, the Borg was forced to compete solely on the merits, and even still finding a way to cheat, still lost. At their lowest point post-endgame, and they were beaten by a half-dozen kids, a good speech, and a blob of gas. That's the kind of loss that's going to stick with the Borg, and likely a data point, data point, sorry, that goes into the Queen's calculus in Picard. I mean, I don't know if they'll re- they register that as, they register that as just as an encounter. <laughs> this is now a Baywatch Nights podcast. God damn it. I'm sorry. That was. I love how it keeps randomly playing. Yeah, right? Why? These German DVDs are insane. Yeah. They've got a Borg mind. They've got a mind of their own. <laughs> this is like, you want to watch some Baywatch Nights? <laughs> now, bitch. Some people stand in darkness. Yeah, so um yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh for the for the most part. It's um I don't know. Yeah, that the Borg the Borg really keeping keeping track of this whole thing and be like, oh the kids got us. You know, Borg have to be fooled every now and then. We would have got away with it too if it weren't for your dang blasted kids. <laughs> you meddling kids. And your damn dog and thing. Your damn blasters <laughs> and your big rock man girl thing. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. Eh. Uh, like, more than anything, I, I hated the Borg storyline in, in both seasons of Picard, so... Fuck oh, me. yeah. I mean, that... I mean, what they're do with the... Like, the Girardi thing is, like... Stupid and makes stupid. the Borg look dumb and weak and totally Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, uh, I did like how... Um, um, Zero was able to talk. Like, I feel like that should be like um, the the go, the talking point that the go to um, point for uh, communicating with the Borg is like their collective intelligence, all speaking. Yeah, I that, like that, that was more cool. than yeah. a, than a queen. Mm-hmm. Like that 100%. makes that, that makes more sense, and that's how it originally was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I like I like that a lot better, but you know, we can't get nice things. Yeah, no. we have nice things. So uh, next, we have a comment from. Brooklyn X Man uh, has a theory for us. You ready oh, for that? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. So, theory the Borg Cube revealed how to destroy the living construct or neutralize it at the very least. How? Answer this one question How does the Borg know what it is? If the Diviner had created it using future te- technology or even brought it from the future and then it never interacted with the Borg, how would they know what it was? If they had interacted with it, most likely, they'd have taken it. But what if he didn't make it? What if, instead of future te- te- technology, it's past? We've seen ancient civilizations in Star Trek before, with technology capable of things well beyond present tech. I think the living construct was brought back from the future by the Diviner, but he found it rather than made it. I think it exists in the present twice, once the now version... And wants the future. And if you find the now version, you can potentially alter it to leave a backdoor into whatever the diviner does to it in the future. Uh, that's smart. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a uh, chrono trigger when you do that. And... <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, that's not a bad theory, actually. I, I kind of like that one. Um, yeah. And they could find it when it's like weaker and, or whatever, just being made and be like, I'm gonna, another thing, I'm gonna smash this with a hammer. Yeah, that is a really great point of like, how did the Borg know what it was? And also, but since, also the Borg have been shown that they can, they have sort of like a, sort of like almost a prescient. They like all times existed them at all. You know, they can see through time. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, but like how? Still, how would they know what this? Yeah. It, it begs some questions. It begs some questions. It's definitely a bigger the question. He he bigger like a man. Next, we have a uh, something from laziest Marxist, which you know what I I identify mm-hmm. with that. That's we 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 stand that. So mm-hmm. laziest Marxist says, uh, for a moment the climax felt a little power of friendship, and then I realized two things: one. At least some of those drones are probably carrying the virus that the TNG crew sent to the Borg, which probably made them susceptible to Zero's breakthrough. And two, we don't really know enough about Medusans to know how powerful Zero really is, which also makes the thought of him being assimilated real nightmare feel. Which don't, that's, that's a, it's a him, her. It's yeah. They, them. Yeah, like, um, yeah, as we said, like, yeah, like, Zero doesn't have any organic components to right. really bring into the Borg, but I can see like maybe like uh, you know joining the hive mind, right? Which would make, make a lot a lot of sense. But yeah, yeah, the whole like capturing Zero in the hive mind because like 
the fucking the the hive mind like actually captured them physically in the hive mind, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I thought were- that was like a um a uh a, you know the mind palace type shit where it's like a representation of them and and like the and that was like you know was, I guess yeah it was all it was all mind palace stuff where yeah just kidding I guess yeah I could I guess I could buy that but still <laughs> so uh, next we got a little thread here uh, SCP. 10 million says a Borg Medusin is a scary thought An innocent Taylor. Great name. Uh, responds, drives you insane and then adds you to the collective. Eek. Doss Gannon responds to that. I always thought that was a missed opportunity showing what each species can bring to the collective, like an assimilated betazoid telepathically trying to drive you insane, which is actually a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, and then like maybe like make it so like all of the board could do that. Yeah, exactly. Like because they like yeah utilize their um utilize all their powers. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Innocent Taylor comes back and says, maybe that's a weakness of the Borg, and takes your individual skills and mushes them into a homogenized form to serve the collective as a cog. Yeah, which I guess also makes sense because like you know specialization is about a lot of things, and if you give a specialization to a lot of people, like you know it you have to compromise a lot of parts of that specialization to fit everybody. Yeah. You know, which I mean, accessibility is important, but you know, specialization also. important. Mm-hmm. And then Daskanen uh, completes the thread by saying, then why focus on individual species, talents, and benefits? Just grab a bunch of Jem Hadar and breed drones in mass, which is a, uh, once again, a great idea. And mm-hmm. why I mentioned fucking why the Borg, I mean, the Borg probably haven't gotten that far in the Gamma Quadrant, but who knows? Because they do have a transwarp conduit that goes to the Gamma Quadrant. So. Yeah. Uh, Desk and continues, the only alternative I can think of is if it somehow goes the other way, where every Betazoid they assimilate, the whole collective as a whole becomes a tiny bit more telepathic. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that, that would make sense too. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's a skill, then they can obviously like... Pretty much assimilate any skills into the collective, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, this is actually a real, real fun thing to read here. So um, next, we got a comment from uh, Ilmara, uh, who actually mostly just posts part of an interview. So they say, "I found an interview with Zero's voice actor, and this was interesting." So Zero's voice actor, I forget their, what their name is, but they say Angus something. Yeah, they say, "quote." There's a line in the middle of the episode that has a real vulnerability to it. It comes when Zero enters the Borg hive mind and is shocked that the Borg aren't driven insane or even taken aback by their appearance, which feels like a sight of Zero we haven't previously seen. Can you talk a bit about what you were looking to do with your performance there and what that line meant for you and your character? I guess that was the interviewer, sorry. Mm. Uh, The voice actor says... Well, that's a totally new experience for Zero, and probably they haven't experienced anything like it since being part of a hive mind of Medusans themselves. So they've got used to being in that uh, containment suit and trying to shield themselves from the people they love most of all. And suddenly they find themselves liberated from their containment suit, um, expecting that as normally happens if they were to expose themselves, that whoever they encounter would go mad but finally finds themselves in this floating environment where they're free and they're not driving the Borg mad. It's almost as if the Borg lulls Zero into a false sense of security or flatters them, almost. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually we realize as the episode goes on 
they need to remain on guard and be very, very cautious not to get sucked in. I like to get sucked in, you know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Ilmara finishes saying, end quote, by the way, uh, this seems to tie in with what was experienced in Picard, that being fully assimilated into the Borg is actually a frighteningly euphoric experience and that sense of being fully known and accepting is genuinely addicting. Yeah, I can see that, that makes tons of sense to me. Uh, yeah. Which I think they could have really explored with Picard, like him missing being Lacutus. Mm-hmm. Which I think could have been really interesting because they did that with another hive mind with Odo. Because yeah. like when Odo uh, became part of the Great Link, he was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, that was like the best thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. And he like, it, it changed him mm-hmm. fundamentally, you know? So, you know, they, they could definitely do something. With that. And I, I hope they kind of bring this back and have zero like thinking about the Borg hive mind and shit like that. That could be some, some interesting stuff, I think. Especially if, you know, they were kind of like eventually driven mad and tried to go back to the Borg or mm-hmm. something. They, they could do a lot of cool shit with that. Yeah. All right. And we are going to clear out subspace transmissions with one final comment. This one from the Nerd Chaplain, which I believe we've heard from before on subspace transmissions. So they say, that was pretty good. Seeing a few new Borg designs was cool, including the drone with three horns in the drone with three ridges across the face. Definitely evocative of the body horror of something like the Cenobites oh, yeah. in a kid-friendly way, of course. And Cenobites, yeah, as we mentioned mm-hmm. uh, from um, Hellraiser. Of course, the resolution felt a bit trite and easy, but it is still a kid show, so I'll give it a pass on that. My feelings exactly, to be yeah. honest. Very nice to see more from Admiral Janeway. The Trill Ensign uh, Essencia. Uh, uh, yeah, I think her name's Essencia, yeah. Essencia, that's a pretty cool name. Dr. Gnome, a nearly unrecognizable Jason Alexander returning to Trek. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing them finally meet up with the Protostar, hopefully after the weapon is deactivated. Or not. I mean, it could be interesting to see like the Protostar drive Janeway's ship crazy, and then Janeway has to then be on the ship. Mm-hmm. They could do a lot of cool stuff with that, I think. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of storytelling possibilities here, and they've got, you know, eight more episodes this season, and the storytelling is, like, they're pretty fast, fast-paced, so... Yeah. They could, like, honestly... I don't know where they're going to go after maybe, like, a second season of this. If they have 20 episodes per season, I feel like they could, like, clean up this storyline just fine in mm-hmm. the remaining eight episodes. Oh, yeah. I, I almost don't know what they'd even do for a second season but you know once they're out there and yeah, they could uh, starfleet they could just do a regular you know kid show that is just a star trek show yeah they could eventually like yeah i mean they may want to just keep them on the proto star but mm-hmm. i could also see them like doing like cadet training yeah 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 definitely to start this could actually end up being the starfleet show they rumored for some oh, yeah. who knows yeah that could actually be interesting i'd actually almost like that yeah you know, that, you know, who knows yeah so be like prodigy cadets hell yeah well that is that and uh that brings us to the end of subspace transmissions and pretty close to the end of the episode but before we say goodbye we'd like to say goodbye to some folks who gave the ultimate sacrifice it's time for a red shirt obituary. Will the somebody had to die? But thanks a lot. Time to beam up to that big red shirt in the sky. It's the red shirt obituary. Today we remember the entire crew 
of the USS Grissom, who was commanded by Captain J.T. Esteban until the year 2285. The entire crew, including Captain Esteban, perished when they were attacked by the Klingon warlord Kurg's bird of prey Mm. as they were orbiting the newly formed Genesis planet. It should be noted that the destruction of the Grissom was actually an accident as Krug ordered it to be incapacitated (laughs) as he wanted to take the crew prisoner. He summarily executed the gunner responsible for destroying the craft. So rest in peace among the stars, crew of USS Grissom, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good. I guess. R.I.P. bozos. Fuck you. I mean, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't fuck dead people. No. Anyway, um, that's about the end of the show. Where can we find you on the internet, uh, Mr. Whatever... Uh, I'm on Instagram as Potomac Bomb and um, Elon Musk Twitter as Potomac Bomb. Instagram, is that a place where you can buy graham crackers? Yes. I mean, I potentially. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there are places that sell Instagrams. (laughs) Are they like Polaroid? Remember Teddy Grams? Do they still make those? Oh, yeah. They still make Teddy Grams. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. Like, uh, they should have Instagrams. Or just has like the worst Instagram posts you can ever think of on a graham cracker. So my Instagram posts. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of my Instagram posts, uh, you can check us out at, uh, at soy Trek on any social media, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually probably going to take a dive into Tumblr and maybe, hmm. maybe even TikTok. Who knows? Say what? Yeah. Well, I'm doing video stuff now, so. That's true. Why not? You know? You got to learn all the dances. Oh, I already know all the dances. I can do them with my dick. <laughs> um, they don't like that, though. So No, I think you're going to get banned off that really quick. Yeah, but, you know, maybe a couple couple big fans, a couple stalkers from that. Who knows? Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know what happens when you show your dick online. Yeah. You, have a get, you either, like, you know, improves your life or you get into, like, a misery-type situation where some person has you chained to a bed and they're breaking your feet. I mean, just or like... Or breaking your dick. Just like everything in life, it could be either... Good or bad. Yeah. Wow, great. Yeah. Great. Great, great. The coin flip. Mm -hmm. That's life. Life sucks. Fuck it. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Well then, Captain's Log, supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition, number 57 says, good customers are as rare as latinum. Mm. treasure them it's true all right well thanks for trekking with the soy boys girls and other worldly beans hang Hang dong and shocker Soy 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 so